What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, welcome in Friday Eve, everybody. That is Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis. Hope you guys are great. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. Tone, what's up? First of all, I like the lid, and I like the, the hoodie there, man. Uh, strong on both thank fronts. You, my work. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Uh, it's a little chilly down here in Texas, so I had to throw the hoodie on and the beanie, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling <laughs> You didn't think you'd be wearing man. those kind of things down there in Texas, did you? Um, I'm, I'm feeling very cozy right now. <laughs> I, got the heat, I got the heat on 78. <laughs> you 78? Know, uh, Hey, I'm I'm oh cold right now. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I woke up cold this morning. Man, um, oh man! All right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Normally, uh, normally, uh, would you try to keep it around, especially with the weather being as low as it is, as low as it is now. Try to keep it around 75. We've been dealing with you know the 20s, the 30s, the past several days. You know that you know the maybe 18 degrees at midnight. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been it's been interesting. All but right. again, you know, okay. I spend most of my time indoors these days. So 78. All right. All right. So a lot to get to here today. Let me start off by saying hi to everybody. So we appreciate you guys. Jason, A-Team, Jim G, James, M. Reyes, Flexin and Steppen, Jabari, Jimmy, Steve, Chuck, Lucy, it's Joe, Steve Ike, John, J-O-N-N, Kevin, William, uh, who have I not gotten to here? Let's go, Robert. Uh, I think I got everybody. I appreciate all you guys hanging out. Let me hit you with this right out of the shoot tone. Josina Anderson of CBS Sports just tweeted out about four minutes ago, barring a snag in negotiations for a future de- or a future development, still have to get a signature on the on the dotted line. I'm expecting Bill Belichick to become the next head coach of the NFC South Atlanta Falcons. Ooh, so, 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. According to Josina Anderson, Bill Belichick will be the Falcons' next head coach. You know, he did say, or well, the word around town was he was looking for more of a project, something that something that wasn't fully established. So Atlanta is definitely that, especially with the quarterback position. No question. Yeah, no question about it. I think, um, look, Arthur Blank has been a big game hunter here. You know, he was going after him. He was going after Harbaugh. Uh, he's been super aggressive here this offseason so far. So, um, yeah, you, you get Bill Belichick down there. Uh, I'm not surprised. It didn't seem like anywhere else was really a fit, um, you know, at this point for him. Right. So uh, he will be going there. Uh, that is we'll get more on that as as that develops. That's that's in the very early stages here. But that's that's coming from uh, from Josina Anderson. All right. So our main concern here is what's happening with the Eagles. And it was a very interesting long day for anybody down there in the Eagles locker room covering this yesterday as um, they were cleaning out the lockers and they were doing their exit interviews, basically. Mm-hmm. And let me start with this, Tone. So I want to make sure I'm, I'm wording this the proper way because I'll give her, I'll give her props. She has been very active uh, on this, and it's Diana Rossini. If you're not familiar with Diana, she was at ESPN prior to going to the ringer. She is the senior NFL insider. I'm sorry, the athletic, excuse me, not the ringer. She is the senior NFL insider for the athletic. And you could follow her on Twitter at DM Rossini, R-U-S-S-I-N-I. All right. So she threw out there um, a bunch of different tweets yesterday. Okay. Which started about, about eight o'clock last night, I would say. Um, both Eagles GM Howie Roseman and head coach Nick Sirianni have been reaching out to available NFL coaches and coordinators, as well as coaching agents across the league to evaluate potential coordinator candidates to join their coaching staff as they plan for the 2024 season. All right. So let, let's just stop right there for a minute. Cause there was a couple right. other follow-ups. When I hear that personally, I think Nick Sirianni's back. He and Howie are making calls to potential coordinators. That tells me, he's back that's my initial reaction when i when i hear that what was your initial reaction just hearing that one because i got two follow-ups for you after that i mean uh, what else can you really expect especially when you hear that they're making calls around and and and, and, and 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 also to do it and brian i was about to ask you nick is a part of this process correct right nick and howie according to the tweet he's coming back okay He's, he's as far so far he's coming back barring a snag in the whole process and barring uh, a butting of the heads. It seems like Nick Sirianni is coming back. Also, when you think about it, big picture, does Jeffrey Lurie really want to become that owner or become that organization that goes through coaches every three to five years? Yeah. Well, that's, you got to think about from that perspective as well. You know, stability is important in this league and, you know, constantly changing the head coach, the, uh, constantly changing the head coach the moment things go south. Um, a lot of people would deem that to be um, not a great look. Yeah, you know, it's not a great look. Jerkish, yeah. um, emotional. Yeah. Um, not thinking enough of the macro, short sighted, however you want, whatever word you want to use, mm-hmm. I believe that's just not the way to do it. Correct. All right. Um, so, the fan Mr. Base Rudy Pooh, Mr. Rudy Pooh. I know I didn't mention the Howie part yet. I'm getting there. I'm setting it up. We yes. have three hours today. We buddy. have a whole show, I'm get, you I'm guys. Getting there. I'm getting there. As I mentioned, that was part one. Okay. I'm getting there. Just 
Take it easy. I, I, I know what I'm doing a little bit. Trust me. I'm, I'm really not that bright, but I kind of know how I'm setting this thing up. And you know, you, you know what you should have did? You should you should have hit her with the same thing that's on his picture. The Rock. Just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not telling anybody to shut up. Just, you'll you'll see where I'm going. Okay. What if the Rock, the Rock says, shut up? That's part one. That was 50, as I laid out 15 hours ago, part one, as I said, part two. Oh, my Here's God. Here's the follow-up an hour later rock. from Diana. Though this may suggest that Nick Sirianni is safe, I'm told he's not met with owner Jeffrey Lurie, something that was not possible today because of logistical issues. Until that happens, all bets are off. Okay? So that's part two to this. Now, Ed Kratz, who we've had on the program, uh, reported that Jeffrey Lurie is in St. Martin and was not available to meet yesterday. That would be the logistical part from Diane Rossini. Okay. Okay. So now you hear that, and you're like, okay, maybe – you know, maybe this isn't you know a done deal. You know what this seems like? It yeah. seems like um, it, sound, it, it seems like two two kids trying to get their story straight before they meet the principal. Well, here's what it sounds like to me. She put the first one out there and got a phone call from somebody in the birds organization saying, slow your roll. Like, this is not, you know, I don't want this being por- portrayed like Nick is safe. That's my opinion. Ooh. Okay. That's my opinion. That's just me reading between the lines, man. No, no, no. I, I feel you. I like that. I like that because, you know, it's easy to assume one way or the other, but ultimately they're making it clear that this situation is far from foregone. Exactly. You know? yep. And I like that, though. I so like that. Um, like, like I said, this this appears like Harry Roseman and Nick Sirianni are trying to get their ducks in a row before they meet. In front of the big guy, I it does. So uh, uh, before I get to part three, there is a there's a this is a trilogy tone. Before right, I, get I like to it. Part I, three, I love trilogies. I love I love sagas. I love it. So I here's what I think. If I'm Nick, and I want to maintain employment, mm-hmm. which who could blame him? I'm looking at the past. I'm looking at how it went down with Doug, and I'm saying to myself, Do I want to go in there being stubborn, guns a blazing, if you will? You know, drawing a line in the sand saying, I control who we bring back here. I if I, I want X back or I want Y back or what or I want to do this. Uh-uh. Not if I want to be employed. I don't. I present, I get with Howie. I make sure Howie's on the same page that I'm on. Mm-hmm. And we have mutual agreed upon assistant coaches that we feel like will help us get headed in the right direction. And then I go in and I meet with Jeffrey Laurie. Mm-hmm. And I present those names with also my plan of how we're going to get this thing back on track after well thought out and being well crafted. Because if you don't, we've seen that Jeffrey Laurie will show you the door if he feels like your plan is not proper or not in place or your ducks aren't in a row. Okay. So to speak, my guess is that's how all this is all me speculating, but this is how I'm guessing that this is, is going down as we speak. Okay. But that begs the question, how much leverage does Sirianni believe he has, right? I don't now, think he believes he has a ton. Mm. I don't. I mean, Nick won one. I mean, excuse me, Doug won one. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between winning one. Think about this, Tone. Doug won a Super Bowl, period. Right. First one in, in Eagles history. First championship the Eagles have won since 1960. That carries some weight, or at least it should. It didn't ultimately for Doug, but it should. Nick is coming off, yes, getting to one, but being up at ten, up 10 at the half and losing. Number two, he's coming off six of seven losses, and the, and the season ended in humiliating fashion. You're right. not operating from a from a place of leverage. You're not, if you're him. Oh. Okay, right? okay. Now, what if he now, what if he goes in there saying, "Look, 
34 and 17 record. We've been in the playoffs every single year. I took over a 4 11 and 1 team in 2021. Um, we made it to a Super Bowl, didn't win it, but we made it to a Super Bowl, made it to the playoffs, uh, made it to the playoffs the following year again. Things think things fell short, but um, you know, many deficiencies on the roster that we can definitely improve. Like, what if what if he enters the what if he enters these conversations with a with a certain level of arrogance or stubbornness? I think he'll be showing the door. Hmm. I would if I was his agent, I would advise advise against taking that approach. Because I here's the thing, because here's the thing, right? You gotta, you know, we, we we have to try to put ourselves in his shoes. What when he walks into these rooms with Nick Sirianni, I'm sorry, with Harry Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, is he willing to put his pride? And we talked about this in the pre-show, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's well, where's the line drawn between um, job security and ego? Right. And right. and how will he toe that line? Because Nick Sirianni has shown that he does have some level of an ego. He's fiery. Right. And, yeah, how, he's fiery. and, and, and how, how he conducts himself on the sideline and, you know, some of his press conferences, he can get a little snippy. But like most people, um, overall, I think if he wants to remain in Philadelphia, he's going to have to relinquish control to the point where you have to ask yourself as a fan, is he just a figurehead? Mm hmm. That's it's, that's it's a fair that's some, that's something he has to be willing. That's something he has to prepare himself for. Is he is he ready and willing to be in a situation where he is literally just a figurehead? He's not calling plays. He's not, you know, he's not developing the office. Like you ask yourself, what is he doing? What's yeah, his role? I, I, I agree. is he just I, is he, is he just a babysitter? Yeah, you know. I think the one other thing you have to to ask yourself if you're Nick too, if you were let go. Would you get one of these head coaching gigs? My opinion mm. this year, he wouldn't. I don't think so. My either. opinion. The field, so, the field, the field is too vast. Yeah. Are you willing to sit it out because you, you do have a year? I think a year left on his deal. Uh, and and hey, must be nice to collect millions of dollars and not work. Or are you a grinder who wants to get right back into it? Are you willing to be a coordinator somewhere? Um, I don't know. These the, these are things I can't answer that only he knows in his head. You know mm. what the answer is to some of that stuff. So, again, if you want to stay employed with the Eagles, I would not take the the tact of, like, I'm doing it my way. Like, I would take the, I want to be collaborative. I know things went poorly. I'm open to suggestions of how to fix this. That's the most important thing for me is getting us back to where we were as opposed to how it finished. Again, that's just me. So, all right, let, let's jump on one more that she sent out. So, the third one, this was an hour after. These these went and came in succession, telling Eight o'clock, nine o'clock, at ten o'clock, whatever. Uh, Nick Sirianni will meet with uh, owner Jeffrey Lurie and will be expected to have a plan for how he is going to improve the Eagles. This will include a pitch on potential new coordinators and assistant coaches per sources. This is why coaches around the league have been contacted. Mm. Okay, so that was that was sort of like the part three um, to everything, and and she put out uh, you know a story again on the Athletic today sort of tying all of this stuff together, if you will. Um, Let me ask you, do you, yep. do you want him back? Um, I, no, here, here's where I'm at with this tone. I would have moved on. Um, I, I, I was in the camp of keep him all the way up until that game. And I felt like if you couldn't rein it in a little bit for a playoff game like that, you've lost it. Um, so I would move on. Now, I, 
and 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 your grounds for moving on is just the the depth of the collapse. The depth of the collapse. Now, I I wouldn't. I am not like um, staunch about that. In other words, if they decide, I could be swayed if he comes back, and I really like the assistant coaches that they bring in. Like if they bring in a coordinator who I really believe can help get Jalen back on. We're going to do a lot on Jalen today, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. And Rob Motti's going to join us at 1130 from the Associated Press. But uh, if I feel like there's a guy who can fix Jalen and you bring in a real defensive coordinator, not whatever the hell last year was, I can live with that. I can live with that. I, I won't go into the year saying, like, with this this gloom and doom dread. I'll go into it as he's on – he's certainly on watch, Nick is. And let's face it, here's the danger. Here's the danger to bringing him back if you're the Eagles. I don't know if you call it danger, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's a risk. He's number two on every hot seat list that there's that's made. Mike McCarthy would be number one. We'll get to Mike McCarthy, who's going to be back with the Cowboys. So there was some good news that came out of yesterday if you're an Eagles fan. Okay, he'll be number one. Nick's going to be number two. You're going to have the number two hot seat guy rolling into it to, to next year. And, and 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 that's and that's something they have to ask themselves. Are they willing to go through that potential process of every week your coach, your team is going to be more scrutinized than they ever were before? That's something they have to ask themselves. Also, you got to ask yourself, is he the guy that can pull this team out of this depth of a collapse? He clearly wasn't able to do it um over the past seven, seven or eight weeks. So you got to ask yourself, how much weight does his voice still carry? And if you ask Kelsey and Fletcher Cox, they still have respect for him, and they believe yeah. he should be brought back. Granted, Kelsey and Fletcher Cox, their futures aren't even guaranteed in Philadelphia. So there's only so much to be said about you know their opinions, even though I value them. Um, I don't know uh, if their opinion can go into this box of, of a situation. Um, it's almost like they're outside looking in and, and potentially could be back on the inside. But they know more than us. Mm-hmm. Overall, Nick Sirianni is in a situation where, let's say they do bring in coordinators, right? And God forbid those coordinators want to elevate. Are you just going to keep shuffling coordinators year after year after year to to somehow prop up your head coach who clearly isn't capable of yep. creating uh, an effective offense? That's why I feel like they may have to move on because – you we, we at this point Nick Sirianni has been found out. Mm-hmm. We know who he is. We know what he is. We know who he is. We know what he's capable of. We know what he's not capable of. Are you comfortable with those limitations that head coach? And that's what Nick Sirianni and that's what Jeffrey Lurie has to ask himself. Is he comfortable with Nick Sirianni's limitations? Will he be comfortable constantly shuffling OCs uh, through this building? Yeah. To yeah. try to make Nick look good because you don't want to get a head coach in here that actually knows what he's doing. It's it's a catch twenty two. They're going to, you know, it's a balancing act. And they just have to ask themselves, which, what am I willing to put up with and what am I not willing to put up with? Yeah. And I, and I think, too, you, you really still have to ask yourself, you know, ultimately, if, if he can't scheme it up, if he can't, if he's actually drawing up plays on game day, if if he lost the, the, the room at least for a minute, at least it appeared that way, what what's he doing here? You know, what's he doing here? Now, the flip side of that is, if you listen to, to guys like Fletcher Cox, and I and, and and Tone, you know, I listen to everything with an ear where I'm I'm a skeptical ear, if you will. Yeah. I believe Fletcher Cox 
when he went to bat. He didn't just give you, hey, man, it's on us as players. We've yeah. got to be better. Everybody's got to be better, blah, blah, blah. Like, he didn't just give you, like, the pat, you know, okay, guys, move on. He yeah. was like, dude, are you kidding me? And to the point where he got into it with a reporter um, and called him a name. But 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 also, it, out, out of that, really passionately, and I mean that, passionately went to bat for this guy. And Fletcher could be walking out the door. Like, Fletcher doesn't have to do that. That's true. And Fletcher's been around a long time and seen a lot of stuff, man. So I'm listening to him. I'm listening to Kelsey. And I here's what I know. I know that Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey hold big sway, as they should, with the front office. The front office listens to veterans like that, guys like that, guys they respect like that. They have voices. So you can look at it any way you want and just say, you you'd skeptically say, whatever, these guys are just trying to be nice because they like Nick. Right. There's more to it with guys like that who hold that kind of gravitas, right? And 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 that's why I'm curious to know how much counsel, how much counsel will they seek from their leaders, right? Their captains. I think we talked about this briefly yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Who they may consult from a play, from a personnel standpoint. Um, Jalen Hurts has to be a part of those conversations as well. He has to be, and this is the fascinating part about it all. Jeffrey Lurie has to, any any decision he makes has to always go back to the root of Jalen Hurts. You cannot make a decision that is not in the best interest of the player. And the best way to find out what's in the best interest of the player, obviously look at the film, but also talk to him. Yeah. Find out what he's thinking, Mm -hmm. um, how he's feeling about the whole situation. That's going to be the challenging part because all these other players are endorsing him, but they 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 don't have to deal with the game planning. Or the calls being, you know, sent in through the, um, you know, through the headphones, right? They don't have to deal with Nick Sirianni in, in that capacity. So here's my thing: I think this is what it hinges on. If they talk to, if they talk to uh, Nick, I mean, if they talk to uh, Jalen, and then Jalen says, "Look, I, 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 I just think he has limitations. I just don't think he's my kind of coach, right?" It's too often Jalen Hurts has had to reel in Nick Sirianni from being immature on the sideline or whatever it may be case in point in the Super Bowl. Um, so if I think it hinges on this one fact, if Jalen Hurts is not on board with Sirianni and he has not endorsed him yet, if he's not on board with Sirianni, yeah, I think Sirianni is gone. You know, I, I think, I think that's the one part that's kind of being ignored overall. Yeah. Yeah. We can say what we want about the coordinator search, all this kind of stuff, preparing for Lori. If, if Hertz is not comfortable with that man, he will not be in the building. They invested a quarter of a billion dollars into Jalen Hurts. They're going to make sure they, they 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 squeak out every ounce of talent that he may have. Yeah, and he, you know, look, Jalen's a tough one to read. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, and he and it's, asked, intent- it's intentional. Yeah, I don't. I I think everything he does is thought out. I, I agree with you. Everything's intentional. So he was asked again yesterday, and he said, "Look, when I when you guys asked me this initially, I basically said." this is a thing. And he sort of played coy, uh, you know, regarding it yesterday again. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and then he basically did the, Hey, you, you know, I, I support everybody, uh, including, he said it, including Nick Bryan and the uh, coaching staff, I think were his, were his words, whatever. He also did say, first thing you do is you look in the mirror, meaning I got to be better. But I just, I, I, I go back and forth tone between look, He's never going to go overboard laying praise on any. He's just not 
that guy, right? Versus no, no, I, I, I disagree. He, he praises. I've seen him praise people. Yeah, I've seen him praise Steichen. I've seen him praise AJ. I've seen him praise Kels. He knows how to. He knows how to express himself in that way. Yeah, he's not going to go. He's he he he's not going to jump out the window for certain people. And I think that's very clear. Okay. I think it. I think I, I personally believe if he wanted Nick Sirianni through all this turbulence, yeah. I just think, just think about it. Nick Sirianni has been dealing with real turbulence for seven to eight weeks, mm-hmm. like like real carnage, real vitriol from the media, from fans, from national media. However you want to slice it, he's been getting boat raced. Yeah, and not once has Jalen Hurts come out. To lessen the flames. Yeah, like he didn't. I, I'm not. I, I agree with you. Like I, I would. That's important. I don't think he has to be Fletcher Cox, like how he was yesterday. But you could do a little bit more. So it, it does bear the the question, like Fletcher Cox, Kelsey, all these guys going to bat form is yeah. great. What's stopping but, him from saying, "Yeah, Nick's my guy." You know, things not, didn't go. Our, you, know, you, you know, you know, things didn't go our way this season. These things, things didn't go our way this season. But Nick is my guy, and yeah. um, and, you know, I think um, you know, there's a way, you know, there's a way to articulate it, right? And he has never, ever really attached himself directly to Sirianni. He's always said, yeah, you know, I support everybody. You know, I support Nick. I support Brian. I support the, you know, that's very generic. You know, I support people. I support you. I support people. But you know, like, so it's that that's telling. No, I agree. I, I I think, and, and like you said, if he goes in there and he says to Nick, uh, says to Jeffrey and Howie, I don't know, man. I don't know that we're heading in the right direction. That's going to go a long way. That's going to go. And they've already had, I, I believe they've had those discussions. I think the next one is now Nick pitching himself, if you, if you will, however you want to phrase it. I think all that other stuff has, like Howie, I know Jeffrey's not around, but Howie absolutely talked to all those guys yesterday. So I'm sure... Because- yeah, you know it's ping ponging in 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 Lori and Howie's head as well. Mm-hmm. How things went south with Wentz, I you agree. know how they how they made how they maybe didn't do right by him in terms of making sure they put the right people around him or put the right personnel, the right players around him. Um, maybe they feel like they, I mean, sure Carson Wentz self sabotaged at some point, but maybe they feel like they can't afford to go through that kind of situation again. The money is bigger now. Potentially, that's what is bigger. Here's what and I think maybe, you also have to do though. Go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, you know, and, and maybe they look at it as they're not going to wait five years for this thing to fall off the rails. You, maybe. You, 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 had th- you, had, you had three years, and this is what we got. Mm-hmm. I, I think they also have to look at it, again, if you're being totally objective, how much of this is on Jalen? How much was he coached up to, you know, no, no, nobody forced him to, to turn it over 19, to, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right, you have to look at right. it that way, too, uh, if you're a, 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 a boss, if you will, an owner. Um all right, let's, uh, let's step aside. Let's get to Rob Motti when we come back from the Associated Press. We'll hit him with all these things in terms of Nick Sirianni, in terms of Jason Kelsey, Jalen Hurts. He was at the game on Monday night in Tampa. We'll talk to him about everything that he saw and is seeing as well. So a lot of ground to get to for sure. Don't go anywhere. All right, let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Thrilled that they're part of the channel. Uh, I've been going there since I was a kid. They've been family-owned since 1985. Get Alex and that great crew in there cracking out the absolute best food each and every day. 20 different styles of pizza, slices to go, specialized pizza however you want it, but pizza's not your thing. You're not up for it that night. Guess what? Fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. 
Bravo Pizza is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
GLES Eagles. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Appreciate you hanging with us. That's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We are joined right now by the man who covers the NFL. He is the AP senior NFL writer. He is also the host of Faith on the Field. You can follow him on Twitter, at Rob Motti. Rob, welcome to the show, my friend. How you been? Hey, great to be here, guys. And I apologize. I'm about to go into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers availability today, which shouldn't have happened had the Eagles taken care of business. So, <laughs> yeah, that's no, where I'm at. The car looks nice and clean. You're good. You're all good. <laughs> I know you just had it detailed. We're fine. No, uh, Rob, so so let's hit a couple things, man. I, I know you've been following all the reporting uh, that's been going on you know, with the Eagles, and you have your own sources and talk to your own people. I'll just ask you, you know, what's your sense of where this thing plays out? Because, you know, there's a, there's been a, obviously since that Monday game, which you were at, there's a lot that's gone on. Yeah. And uh, it was about as somber of a locker room as I've ever seen. Uh, I covered the Eagles for 22 years before I came down here to Tampa and, and I've never seen anything quite like that. It, it was almost like you lost a member of your family. And I know part of that guys was the realization of these, the core four, the Jason Kelsey, the Fletcher Cox, Brandon Gray may have played their last game. So there was a little bit of that. But but I think the team was really shell-shocked at how they went from 10-1 and one to 1-done one and, and losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who for as great as they played in that game, they're just a mediocre football team. And, and the Eagles had more talent, and they certainly didn't show it. And now all the questions about Nick Sirianni are real. Going into that game, the national perspective was how could the Eagles make a change? He's 34 and 17 uh, in the regular season, took them to a Super Bowl last year. They, yes, they've hit their bumps, and but maybe they do something in the playoffs. And but then it, they go out the way they did. All of those questions become legitimate now. And I think Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman have uh, a major decision to make, but they also have to figure out where the point to where to point the fingers, where the blame lies. Could it, it can't all be Nick Sirianni. He didn't forget how to coach. There's got to be some accountability for the front office, for the quarterback, for the players. Everyone had a piece in this, and uh, it's something that they're going to have to figure out. But I will say this, when you look around at the list of available head coaches and the big names and the Mike Vrabels, Jim Harbaugh's, we all know about Bill Belichick and, of course, Pete Carroll, that's not the Eagles MO guys. They always go after the unknown assistant who can kind of be fall within what they want to do. How he's got full personnel control and they want a, a coach who will align with that. And uh, it's going to be a, a tough, tough decision. And, and I, I wonder who made the call on defensive coordinator, because I certainly don't think that was Nick Sirianni firing a guy that he brought in or demoting a guy that he brought in and much of the blame should lie there. So if the front office knows that they pulled the trigger on, on that move, then you really can't blame the coach for how that played out. You know, Rob, it's, it, it's funny. You said it best. The, the Eagles are clearly at a crossroads, and whatever whatever decision they make can shape their franchise for the next five to ten years or so. Can the Eagles truly afford to jump back into the head coaching market? I mean, they don't want to become one of these teams that shuffle through head coaches every three to five years, right? And some folks feel that how could you, if you fire a coach, who would want to come here knowing that you just moved on from Doug Peterson 
a few years after he won a Super Bowl. You fire a guy who's 34 and 17 and had success and took you to the playoffs. But I, I kind of feel like these there's 32 jobs, guys, out there. You will be able to find a head coach. Look, look at the names. Look at the list of candidates. Look who's unemployed. Someone will want to come here. It just comes down to who do you want to bring in? Do you stick by your organizational philosophy where the general manager has all the power and therefore someone with clout, someone with some cachet, someone like Vrabel and, and Carroll and Belichick, they're not going to want to be in a situation like this. And that's where you have to end up going and bringing in the younger assist, assistant coaches who may not have too many other options. Ben Johnson's going to get a ton of interviews. He's a hot name. I'm about to go in here in a few minutes, and we're going to talk to Dave Canales, the offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers. Guys, he fits he fits the Eagles mold, mm -hmm. right? He's a guy who is a young, up-and-coming offensive coordinator who's had a tremendous amount of success with quarterbacks. Look what he did with Baker Mayfield this year, what he did with Geno Smith last year, what he did previously with Russell Wilson. He's not going to come in and demand uh, any kind of power he fits with what they're going to do. But if you're going to make that change, why not stick with Nick Sirianni and figure out the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator positions? My concern is being in that locker room and giving guys a chance to endorse Nick in the heat of the moment. I know what they said yesterday when you had time to think about it, when you had time to read the headlines and the columns and see the buzz on social media. But in that moment on Monday night, when Jalen Hurts had that opportunity, he didn't endure. He deflected. When other guys had it, they a few guys which stood up for Nick, but it wasn't quite as strong and as powerful as I would have hoped or would have thought I would see from this team. Uh, Rob, then let, let me uh, and I agree. And, and I thought Jalen was sort of lukewarm even yesterday. And, and part of that, I know he's not real, a real effusive guy. I get it, but I thought it was sort of lukewarm yesterday. Does this play out very similarly, and you were here then covering the team, that it does for Doug? Like, in other words, if Nick goes in there and says, hey, I'm willing to listen, man. I, I get this was ugly, and let's let's make this a collaborative group effort to figure out the best way to go about this with assistant coaches and going forward. He's safe. If, if he pushes back at all, do you think he's gone? I, I think it, it could very well play out that way, Rob, and, and he doesn't have – uh, the, he doesn't have the Super Bowl ring that Doug Peterson had. So mm -hmm. he can't go in there and, and demand, hey, I want it this way. I want it that way. You got there. You got close, but you didn't win it. There was no parade on Broad Street. Only Doug Peterson and Nick Foles brought you that. So if, if the, the owner and the general manager want to have input on your offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, and keep in mind, I believe they did on a defensive coordinator decision I agree with you 100%. In, in, in season. I, I just can't yeah. see a head coach making that move. The, these guys are loyal to their their assistants, and especially mm -hmm. in, in a moment like that. Uh, I, I think that's the only way at this point where we can foresee Nick coming back. Hey, the best thing that happened to the Eagles in the past three days is the Dallas Cowboys bringing back Mike McCarthy. <laughs> the Cowboys bringing back Mike McCarthy – makes me take a step back and look, and look at it like that team's not they, – they may win another 12 games next year. They're not going to go anywhere. You can compete with them. The, the NFC East goes back and forth anyway, so they're not going to repeat a, as division winners. You can bring Nick in and fix this thing. But if Jeffrey and Howie feel that those players who didn't stand on the table – like Nick, Jalen Hurts isn't going anywhere. He got $255 million. If Jalen Hurts – and and he should have some input in this decision – 
if you sit him down and he doesn't feel that Nick Sirianni is going to be able to help him uh, get to that Super Bowl level again and be elite again, then that's where maybe you have to make that difficult, hard decision. Jalen took a step back this year. How much is on Nick? How much is on Brian Johnson? How much is it uh, that Shane Steichen left? And how much is it on the quarterback himself? Because at the end of the day, he had two 1,000-yard receivers, a 1,000-yard rusher, and his numbers and his overall performance went down. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we briefly touched on it, right? The fact that this whole thing, as much as as much as we try to, you know, piece together all the, you know, the, you know, the webs of it all, I think it hinges solely on if Jalen Hurts believes he can get him to the next level or not. And when you when you invest a quarter of a billion dollars into a guy, you're gonna you're gonna value his opinion. <laughs> so um, I think that's that's the most fascinating part about it. You know, what do you think was the genesis? Of their issues again this team they were they were just at the mountaintop quite literally at the mountaintop did they you know did they get the trophy or not no but they were just there and jalen hurts has some astronomical growth from 2021 to 2022 took a step back in 2023 again they've won a lot but these past seven games are undeniable where did this truly begin for you um throughout the season it's hard to go back to a Super Bowl after you lose it. We know the history of the teams who've done that and, and, and how difficult it is the next year. And for the Eagles to get out to a 10-1 and one start the way they did, uh, I thought was very remarkable. Now, there were games along the way in that stretch where they very well could have lost. The Buffalo game, the, the Dallas game where they self-destructed, the Cowboys did inside the 10. And, 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 and some of those, you, you come out of them going, all right, they haven't played to their standard but they're still 10 and one. And when they get to their standard, oh, they're going to take off. Well, they never got there. They never got there. And and maybe those, we should have seen that along the way. And uh, obviously losing the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator were major, major factors in, in what happened here. But other teams have been able to just look at Buffalo. They're six and six after losing to the Eagles. They switch offensive coordinators and then they take off. So Josh Allen was able to adjust. I thought the transition to Brian Johnson would go seamlessly because of the relationship with Jalen. What concerns me is that in talking to other teams, other players, defensive players, defensive coordinators, still, this is two years later, and despite Jalen's meteoric climb last year, I still hear, take away his first read, take away his first read, and you beat him. And and, and you look at the difficulty that they had with the blitz, and, and I understand there's there's all parts in that. There's a lot of scheme that goes in there. Part of that is is Jason Kelsey and the offensive line. You're the center. You gotta, you know, you you gotta be on the same page with your quarterback. Your quarterback's gotta be able to check out if they don't have the the protection that they need. But ultimately, you're the one with the ball in your hand and have to make that decision where to go with it. And, and when I hear that from from other players around the league, it's consistent. It's take away his first read. That's Nick Bosa talked about the blueprint to beat Jalen Hurts. The Eagles haven't adjusted to that, and they weren't able to make those in-season adjustments, which is deeply concerning. And that's where you have to try and figure out where do you ultimately point the, the, the blame and the finger, and if it's all pieces, how do you fix it? All right, Rob. So my, I, I guess my follow-up to that would be if – if at first it's two part one, do you think it will be both coordinators? In other words, whatever this the decide Patricia thing is gone, do you think Brian Johnson would be gone as well? This is assuming Nick sticks around. 
And if they do that, will they look to go the veteran route or the up and comer route? A guy who's maybe a, a senior offensive assistant somewhere, for example. How, how do you think it shakes out with what what the directions they generally like to go? I think both guys, if Mick stays, I think both guys will will end up going. And it's it's undeniable that that they took a step back with Brian Johnson uh, as the offensive coordinator. This is a guy who a few years ago I thought was on, on his way to becoming a head coach, guys. I thought that Brian Johnson could leapfrog offensive coordinator and go straight from quarterback's coach to head coach. And I thought that after last year and the success that Jalen had, under his tutelage. And uh, I've heard Brian Johnson sitting in on some of the, the NFL quarterback summits, they call them where they got the young coaches and they do these different interviews. And I've had the privilege of sitting in and heard his presentation. And he was always so impressive to me as a candidate. So uh, I, I thought the best case scenario for the Eagles would be if someone were to hire him and, and, and then you get the, you lose them, you don't have to fire them, you get some draft picks and, and all of that stuff. That certainly doesn't look like it's going to happen. So now you're going to have to make that difficult decision. But there's that relationship between Brian Johnson and Jalen Hurts. And, and how much of Jalen, we saw the ESPN report, right, where he wasn't happy with the direction of the offense. Is that Jalen's indictment on the offensive coordinator or the head coach, a combination? That's where it, it comes down to. Jeffrey and Howie sitting down with the quarterback and figuring out where his mind's at. You know, um, you, you, you talked about the balancing of <clears throat> player accountability with the coaching accountability, right? And I think that's the hardest part about this season to really digest. Where did it go wrong? Who do we put most of the blame with? You know, A.J. Brown said in one of his press conferences that, you know, we play, it's on us. But then I asked myself, okay, this team has a lot of veterans on it, a lot of pros, a lot of decorated guys, pro bowls are pros. Where's the level of accountability amongst you guys, right? Where's the where's the desire to be great amongst you guys? And if you guys can't motivate yourselves, that's a dark place to be. And then I'm looking at the head coach. Okay, if you can't motivate these guys and you guys have – they've won under your leadership, how did, how did they crash so fast? How do you, how do you balance – or where do you put most of the blame? If you had if you had to choose, do you put more on player accountability or more on coaching accountability? So obviously I'm not in the locker room every day like I used to be, but from right. afar, I see some selfishness and some a me first attitude in some of these guys. And, and, and I think that that was displayed in the way AJ handled some things, the way Slay was it after the Cowboys game where he said I played well, the trash can and the yes. fans outside, and yep. he said I played well but my team stunk. Like, you can't do that. You can't say that. You can't have any kind if, – if there is any kind of me-first perception, other players in the locker room pick up on it. And no matter how great you perform on the field, if you have that hanging over you, if people see that as part of who you are, your makeup, your package – listen, wide receivers are well-known for being divas, and, and that's great when they're out there performing. But if things go bad, that's when things can get really ugly. And, and, and I, I think that's where you go back to, well, who made some of these decisions on, on Slay, on Bradbury, whose tackling was horrific, was just that was just poor effort, right? Mm -hmm. That goes back to accountability for the GM, the linebacker decisions, letting TJ Edwards walk, not really solidifying those positions, counting on some of the older veterans to stabilize the defensive line while the younger guys are up and coming these are all decisions that fall under the, the 
the front office and, and Howie Roseman. So I, I don't think you can absolve anyone of blaming this. When you collapse as poorly, as, as abysmal as this team played, you have to point the finger at, at there's a comment. You got to look at the head coach. You got to look at the players. You got to look at the front office. You got to look at the, everyone. There's no one whose hands are clean in something like this when it goes down. Rob, Ellis, do you if think. I can quickly, if I can quickly follow up, Ellis, I'm sorry. Can I quickly follow up? Um, okay. Nick Sirianni stays, right? They get him two new coordinators. Okay. But what happens when they decide to leave? What happens when they decide to elevate and want to be a head coach or whatever, or, or maybe a career change, whatever it is. You get them two two new coordinators. They eventually leave. Now we're back to square one, continuing continuing to question Nick Sirianni's ability. I mean, at some point, the Philadelphia Eagles got to ask themselves how comfortable are they with Nick Sirianni's limitations as a head coach. I mean, you know, what's your what's your thoughts on that notion? And, and Rob had asked me a little bit earlier about the offensive coordinator, defensive. Do you go older route? I, I think a Frank Reich, as soon as he was fired by. Carolina, everybody in, in Philly, I'm sure, was like Frank Reich. He can come in and save the day, and he's won a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator. And he kind of indicated uh, after losing his job that he might be done as a coach. I know his relationship with Nick. I, I know what uh, that friendship is like. And, and I think if anyone can get the fire uh, burning inside Frank to come back, it would be Nick. In fact, I'm going to give him a call later on today because I, I want to see, I want to hear from Frank himself. Uh, if that's something that he would be interested in. He got paid very well to be a head coach in Carolina, lost his job. He's got a lot of money coming to him. Is that something that he would want to do at the age that he's at right now? I, I think that that's something that they can do. And and then if if you brought in, Tony, if you bring in a, a veteran like that, I, I, I don't anticipate he's going to go anywhere. I don't think he'll get another head coaching job. And, and then it just depends on, on how this team can – can bounce back next year. I think back to when the Eagles bounced the Buccaneers out of the playoffs two years in a row, two decades ago, right? And, and they fired Tony Dungy and brought in John Gruden, and he came in and led them to a Super Bowl, beat the Eagles, closed out the vet. We all know the Joe Jaravicious game and Aronde and all that stuff, right? They had a first-year head coach in, in John Gruden, who obviously uh, had a ton of experience, but they were able to make a transition and go win a Super Bowl. I wonder if the Eagles think that way and go. That's where a guy like Vrabel comes in. You make a transition to someone. But again, he, he, Howie, Jeffrey, a guy who would like power, who would like clout. That was his issue. And that's how he lost his job in Tennessee with Vrabel. Are they going to give that to him? Is Howie going to go in a broom closet again on the other side of the building? I just can't see Jeffrey Lurie doing it. This is a very difficult decision, and it's also complicated knowing their MO, knowing their history, what we feel they need, what we think they need, but then balancing that with what they've usually their trends. So, Rob, I, I want to follow up on the on the Howie part of this. Um in your opinion, is Jeffrey able to look at it objectively enough, and maybe himself too, to some of the shortcomings that have happened this year, as opposed to just laying it all on Nick? Like, do you think there's some soul searching going on? And maybe, hey, philosophically, maybe we do need to pour more resources in the linebackers. We do need to look at this a little bit differently. Do you think they're capable and willing of doing that? Capable and willing is is I, the hope is that they would be capable and willing. I wonder how capable and willing they are when I think back to Doug Peterson and how that ended 
when the blame is all put – this is the only guy who ever took you to a Super Bowl, and they couldn't wait to get rid of him because they didn't want to give him any power. They didn't want to give him any clout. Uh, and, and, and how he's done a tremendous job throughout his decades plus with the Eagles. And one of his greatest assets is his self-preservation, mm-hmm. controlling the narrative, knowing how to make sure that the information being filtered out of uh, the Novacare Center kind of puts the blame at other people's doorstep whether it's the old quarterback, old head coach, the new coach, the whoever it may be. And they're really great at doing that. So I think, Rob, it would take change in strategy, thinking, philosophy uh, for the Eagles, for Jeffrey and Howie to kind of come to that realization that maybe – part of this is is really how we our organizational philosophy and what we're doing here and and we got to take a hard look however jeffrey did that before right jeffrey has moved on from joe banner uh, a lifelong friend yep. and, and he did put howie in, uh, in in that broom closet for a year as jason kelsey says to give chip kelly uh, all the power so he has done it how much is he willing how much are they willing to really uh look in the mirror and come to those tough, difficult, hard decisions about themselves. Mm. Uh, last one for me, um, Rob, appreciate you for coming on. I'm curious to know, you know, you, you've been around a block, you covered, you covered this whole league. Um, how much do you believe of Jalen Hurts' reputation has been damaged um, based off of, you know, this season's performance, but also most notably the playoff performance against the Bucks this season and also how he's been handling um, these press conferences, as, these press conferences, as it pertains to Nick Sirianni and whether he comes back or not, how much of his reputation do you believe has been damaged, if at all? I think winning cures everything, and no matter what you may your your personality looks like, if you go out there and you perform and you win, nobody cares. But if you don't, if you don't get the job done, that's where people start trying to 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 figure out and and to poke fingers and to point fingers at. Well, he, he's, he's a quiet guy. He's stoic. He shows no emotion. He, he's this, he's that, he's the other thing, whatever it may be with Jalen. I, I think he's going to have to reflect in this offseason. And, and I think he indicated that about how he leads next year. But it's hard to change who you are as a person and as a leader because you don't want to come across as being phony. You don't want to come mm. across as being a, a guy who is playing – for the cameras or trying to to fit into an image that other people want you to be. Uh, Jalen is who he is, and it worked in 2022, and and it didn't in 2023, and it's unfortunate. He's going to take some shots. Uh, I I would bet on Jalen. I I didn't think when people were asking me in the offseason, is this going to be the year he takes a step back? I said, hey, what have you seen in, in his career that would suggest that. I thought there's nothing that indicated a downward slide. I thought it was all upward trajectory even after last year. I was wrong. Doesn't mean he can't bounce back from this, but he's got to be surrounded by the right coaching staff uh, and and the right mindset. And and I think I was bothered a little bit by some of the comments, not that he made them, but that he felt that way when you're talking about teammates not being all in and, and teammates not 
there's a problem there. And some of those teammates got to look in the mirror. All right, Rob, last one. And thanks for all this time, man. And we know you got to get in there. Uh, I know you, you, I saw you tweet about the Jason Kelsey thing where he essentially should be given the, the, the ability to, to, to call this thing on his own terms. And it was, you know, kind of prematurely reported. And he, he refuted it on his podcast saying, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody anything. Guys might've read into body language or whatever, but I, I didn't say anything. What do you think happens there? And, and walk us through how the, the reporting of that goes. Yeah, and I was in that locker room, and we were part of the reporting too. The AP, we 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 also be based on on what we were what we were told, what I I was told by different uh, sources, different people. But I, I I thought I thought that there was a respect level from the the media in that locker room. I think we understood, we realized what was happening there, and, and we want to give Jason the opportunity to do this on his own terms. And then when you see, I guess it was uh, ESPN first reported it and then NFL Network reported it after that. And, and you want to you go out there and, and say, well, they they did it. We know this information. We we can confirm it. and We can put it out there, too, as well. Uh, Jason's been known to go back and forth on this decision. He's he, it's been a tough decision for him. Uh, I, I think ultimately he has played his last game. I, I think the people that he told. Or, or indicated that too, felt that way. Uh, certainly it looked that way. And, and I do think when he's ready to make that decision and give that speech and make that proclamation, that announcement, uh, I think we should allow him to have his moment. But I, 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 would, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up coming back. But guys, retirement is so difficult. We said Brett Favre, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, they all go, went back and forth. If Jason wants to change his mind in three weeks or three months, hey, why not? Everybody wants him back anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Rob, good stuff, man. Uh, follow Thank Rob you. at Rob time, Body. Sir. Check out his work on, uh, on the, at the AP. He's the senior NFL writer and, of course, his show Faith on the Field as well. Rob, good stuff, man. Always great catching up with you. Thank you. Absolutely. For Thank you, Rob. Appreciate you, it. You got it. Take care, guys. All right. That's, uh, that's Rob Body there. Awesome stuff there. Uh, really insightful. All yeah, right, for sure. Definitely. Get a timeout. We'll come back um, and we're going to dig into the biggest personnel challenges that the Eagles have in front of them, Tone. A, I'll give you an example. Like, how do you get Jalen back to where he was? How do you upgrade the back seven? Why did the defensive line disappear the way it did? How are these things fixed? So we're going to dig into some of the big kind of meteor personnel issues. Well, well this is what you got to do, Rob. You got to fire Nick Sirianni, of course. <laughs> so I'm, right. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. So we'll talk. And again, we get at, if we this stuff is happening fast and furious, man. Mm -hmm. If we hear anything, we'll let you know uh, where it's at. So we'll get into all that uh, when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's that's Tone. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jiggy Sports YouTube Network. Let me tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances is challenging, right? It's hard. Uh, I found the right person, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you it is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. Uh, you, you have, you're trying to get employee benefits off the ground with a new business that you have really anything. If you're not really sure about something, just reach out. Uh, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be as well. Give him a call right now. 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. You could also email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Friday Eve, uh, Thursday. Uh, just wrap things up with Rob Motti of the Associated Press. Uh, if you missed any of that, you can always go to jacobsports.com and check it out, Jacob Sports YouTube channel uh, as well. Did want to pass along my condolences. Leo Carlin um, was the Eagles ticket manager for 55 years. Um, he was the, a ticket manager that spanned Franklin Field, uh, Veteran Stadium, and Lincoln Financial Field. He had an unbelievable run. Uh, and Paul Domowich has a, a, and welcome to welcome aboard, James. Appreciate you, man. Um, uh, Paul Domowich had a great book with Leo, just, just kind of recounting his years in the NFL. Um, just really, really good man. So he, he passed away. So condolences to his wow. family. Yeah. Condolences. Pretty crazy run 55 years with, with, with any, I don't care what, where you're yeah. working. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's that, uh, you know, that's that old school mentality, right? You know, uh, wherever your feet are, you grow roots and you, yep. You know, it's it's remarkable, really, man. You know, these these this day and age, people spend three, four years at a place and they move on. And, you know, to have that level of commitment to whatever you're doing, it, it, it is remarkable. Yeah, no question. All right. Very. So very cool there that, that he he had the kind of life in, in the Eagles put out a nice statement on it being celebrated uh, and well deserved. Well deserved. So rest in peace. All right. Um, back to uh, the team that he worked for for so long, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I, I thought it was an interesting quote from Jalen yesterday when he said that, you know, first thing you got to do is look in the mirror. So, he, you know, taking some accountability for improving things. And he said his offseason work has already begun. But so let, let's dive into some personnel challenges that the birds have. Coach aside for a minute here. Um, in, in your estimation, Tone, how great a fix is it to get Jalen back on the track, the trajectory, if you will, that he was on 
in the Super Bowl season versus the guy that we saw this past season? How, how big a challenge is that in your estimation? Um, I do think it's, I think it is going to be a challenge. Um, I don't think it's going to be a challenge from the perspective of Jalen Hurts' work ethic. I believe he's going to give it everything he's got. Um, so th th that's the one thing I'm not questioning. Um, but I do believe it's going to be a challenge, just, you know, just based off of what Rob Mighty shared with us, right? The fact that, you know, there seems to be a, there seems to be a, a playbook on, on Jalen Hurts, you know, you know, floating around the NFL. And he needs to do everything in his power to shift that narrative, you know, to shift um, the way he's perceived by his peers. And look, Jalen Hurts, took, you know, he took the league by storm last year. Um, Shane Steichen, you know, helped him get to that point. Also, the work ethic. Jalen Hurts has an uphill battle because what the one thing that's plagued him from day one still plagues him to this day, and that's picking up the blitz. Um, how much of that? Do, how much of that do we put on coaching? Um, how much of that do we put on him? Um, and, and and the limitations of his ability. Um, the last thing I want to do is place limitations on him. Um, I want to believe that he can put himself in a position to, um, you know, pick up blitzes and um, have the game slow down in such a way where there's nothing he hasn't seen. Mm. And and that comes with being a franchise quarterback, right? You know, the more uh, the more games you play, uh, the more defenses you begin to catalog, you know, in your mind, and nothing begins to surprise you at that point. So Jalen Hurts just has to do a better job, in my opinion, of, you know, uh, picking up the blitz or reading the blitz, um, knowing where it's coming from, um, standing tall in the pocket, climbing the pocket, not being so instinctual to flush left or flush right. Mm -hmm. I think I think his footwork took a step back this year. Um, I feel like he threw a lot off that back foot this uh, back foot this year. So I think he needs to um, get back in the lab and definitely, um, you know, work out the kinks to work out the uh, the kinks to his game. But overall, um, I trust Jalen Hurts' work ethic, and I think that's the silver lining that most Eagle fans um, have. I think the work ethic and self-awareness are there. And that's half the battle, in my opinion, with anybody in life. Like if you're willing to put the work in and you realize you have shortcomings and you don't know it all and you're coachable in that sense, like I, I think that you can accomplish a lot, even if you if you aren't the most talented person in the world. And I'm not talking about Jalen. I'm just talking about right. in general. But um, I, I I agree with you, Tone, in the sense like what here's where I would really drill down. And we just talked to Rob Motti about this. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the blitz thing needs to be corrected on a lot of fronts. Like the, you got to scheme it up better. Your line has to block it better. But the quarterback also has to recognize it better. And I would really go there. I would go with the with, you know, the the secondary and tertiary reads uh, rather than, Hey, look, I, I get it. If the first reads there, it's great, but that's not the NFL. A lot of times that's going to be taken away from you. They really got to work on that kind of stuff. And, and I am also going to be very curious. And we didn't hear anything yet about this yesterday. If he isn't more hurt than he's letting on. And mm -hmm. if he is more hurt, get that fixed. So he can be that dual threat that he had been. Let's face it. He really wasn't last year. I know he had a couple nice run plays, the Buffalo game, which ended, I know. But he wasn't the same. And the he wasn't, yeah. really went bye-bye. And I don't know if they were just trying to protect him or he was hurt. But either way, I, I think he need, part of what makes him Jalen is the, the dual threat. Not that I want him running a million times, but they got to get him back, I think, healthy. And then, most importantly, they got to figure out some things in the pocket with him that just weren't there last year. Or this past, are we are we at last year phase already? Where are we? I don't even know. Yeah, it, it it is it is a it is a bit strange. So you know when you speak on it, um, I guess you I guess technically you'll say last year. Yeah, I'm st I'm still in the, I'm, I'm still, still in this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, still in the mindset of you know this season. You know yeah. I, I I tend to approach it that way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I mean overall, Jalen Hurts, he can't afford, in my opinion. Okay, I look at it like this. 
with that level of investment, he can't afford to not get back to Jalen Hurts football. And I would like for the organization to allow him to get back to Jalen Hurts football because ultimately you invested in you invested in him for what he was. Mm-hmm. And of course you expect him to develop, but I feel like they're trying to fast track his I feel like they're trying to fast track his development, try to limit um, you know, the running situations they put him in. Right. But yet I feel like they ran him on a lot of quarterback draws this season. So it was it, it was very conflicting. It was very conflicting in terms of how they want to use him and thinking about the health part of it. My my mindset is this. Look, if Jalen Hurts' career lasts 10 years, but and he gives you one Super Bowl out of it, it was a win. That's how I look at it, right? You know, if Jalen Hurts' career lasts w- w- do you mean win a Super Bowl or just what we got last year? No, if he wins one. Okay, no, wins yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, no, 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 no. If he wins one. Um, he has to win it. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. yeah. So even if his career lasts eight years, look, a lot of people talk about these door throw guys and say, well, you know, they don't have a shelf life. Fair yeah. enough. And I'm not going to argue with that. The proof's in the put. But if he if he gives you eight years of prime Jalen Hurts football and you get a Super Bowl, yeah, oh, yeah. Or, or, or if you're blessed uh, to get sign two, me up right it's, now. It's, it's a win. Yeah. It's a win. So I feel like sometimes sometimes people get too concerned about the length of a guy's career or these organizations. It's like, look, man, you know what you signed up for. You know what you paid it for. OK, yeah. don't try to change him now. And, and, you know, now that you get in the bag of money, you feel oh, like dude. you got leverage over him. No, I would be he is who thrilled he is. If this is if that's what they got eight right. years and, and, and a chip. Forget it. I mean, he retires like I, I, I'm not I'm not mad at it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like uh, some careers don't last 20 years, 15 years. If Jalen has keeps you that solid, way, man, no, nah, especially with the style of play. So if, if Jalen again, if you know the horse you're investing in, you'll be OK with the outcome. Yeah. And. When it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, to me, it felt like they invested in one product and they were trying to get something else out of it. Yeah. And again, Jalen Hurts' completion percentage pretty much maintained the same, you know, with more attempts and um, touchdowns went up a little bit. Um, Yards went up a little bit. Overall, he's the same player statistically, just more turnovers. Mm -hmm. Let him be him, though. It didn't look the same. The optics weren't the same. The feel. And that's what I'm trying to – I would love to get to the bottom of, was he not healthy enough to be him or were they just trying to protect him? If he's healthy, then let him get back to being him uh, all the way. All right, l- let's go to uh, I, what I think is issue number two. This is hard. The Eagles back seven. <sighs> Your linebacking core of Zach Cunningham, Nick Morrow – your safety duo of Byard and Blank and Chip and your corners of Slay and Blank and uh, Slay and uh, Bradbury and Avante Maddox. Mm. I'll be uh, before we even dive into it. I'll just tell you this is not going to be easy and and don't think this is going to be fixed in one year. You're still going to have issues back there next year. I don't care who the coordinator is or the head coach, but it has to be better than this. You have got to invest in these positions better. I don't. I know they pay the corners a lot. I'm talking linebackers. Whether that's drafting somebody high enough who's not a reach kind of guy like uh, Nicobe Dean, like uh, Trotter Jr. I'll just throw it out there, but it's you know whatever wishful thinking, uh, or it's paying a little bit of money to get a guy in here who can actually make some plays at linebacker. You have got to figure safety out, man. Byard's going to going to be gone. I'm okay with Blankenship coming back, but I don't I don't know if I want him in as prominent a role as he had last year. And then Bradbury, 100% gone. Eat the $17 million. Easy for me to say, but you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Put somebody better next to Slay. <laughs> yeah, you know, how, how does the old uh, rock song go? TNT. 
Yeah. Dynamite. You got to blow it up, baby. You got to blow it up. My friend. Yep. You got to, you got to blow up that back seven. Mm-hmm. In my humble opinion. Yeah. Um, I like Reed. Um, here's the thing, right? You know, I was talking to Celio about this and I tend to agree. You know, one of the most important things for organization is to be able to balance your salary cap. Right. Yeah. And this coincides with hit, this coincides with hitting on your draft picks because when you hit on your draft picks, you have uh, you're, you're getting production from guys for lesser money, right? You're getting production from guys in the rookie deals, and it gives you flexibility, and you can build off of that, right? Reed Blankenship is the, in my opinion, is the prototypical balance salary cap type of player. He's not, and look, every team values certain positions. Some teams value safeties more than linebacker. Some teams value D line more than safety. Some teams value linebacker more than corner. It all depends on your situation and how your defense is being played. But overall, the Philadelphia Eagles have to find a way to not only balance their salary cap, but make sure they have talented young players so it can all make sense and so it can work. When you're constantly trying to recover from whiffing on a player in the draft with free agents and all, and things like that, you're kind of blowing money. You're blowing money and you're blowing draft picks. It's so important for teams to hit on their draft picks so the salary cap can remain balanced. And with reblendingship, I think he's a talented young dude. I think he's more hard work than talent. And I believe he's more fundamentals than talent as well. More technique than talent. He's not the most he's not he's not the most athletically athletically gifted. He's not the most talented safety, but he knows where to be, how to get there. He knows how to play the position. He understands what his responsibilities are. He tackles very well. So Maybe in the Philadelphia Eagles, from their standpoint, maybe they don't want to invest big money in the safety position, right? Okay, that's fine. But you have to have a high quality or you have to have a competent starter or young player back there that can limit the damage. You know, um, you have to do a better job of hitting in the draft so you can give yourself that flexibility. You know, that back seven, it's going to be so important for the Philadelphia Eagles to get some production out of this, you know, the you know this new crop of corners they got with Keely Ringo and Eli Ricks, if, if they have a future here, um, it's going to be important for them to hit in the draft. That's how I see this thing, right? That's how I see the yeah. defense. If you're going to spend more money on offense and defense, you have to make sure you're hitting on those defensive draft picks so you have people playing up to the level of the standard. Yeah, I, and I, and and if you're not going to spend a lot, what you know, buy a free agency or whatever, you better draft well. Um, and, right, you, know, that you got really- you, you have to. That's why the Bills' defense is so good because yeah, they've had injuries, but their depth and their ability to coach those guys up and they drafted pretty well. It, it puts them in a a good position, right? You know, the Niners, same thing. They drafted very well on defense, and you know, obviously having Brock Purdy on that cheap deal makes it a lot easier. But overall, a lot of those teams have hit on their defensive draft picks and it gave them um, that space to have, you know, maybe their defense isn't the best, but they have a good enough defense and it's reliable enough and stable enough and confident enough where your offense can lead the charge. The Eagles got to get back to that or find a way to find that, that balance of the Mm -hmm. salary cap with talent. Uh, All right. Let's stay on the defense here, Tone. The new coordinator, new coach, whatever needs to figure out why the D line underachieved the way that it did. Why you went from 70 sacks to 40-something sacks. Why we saw basically very little out of the edge rushers, guys like Reddick, guys like Sweat, to close out the year. 
why your young defensive line looked like they were playing in their 25th year mm-hmm. and they were completely exhausted and gutted. Um, this, this to me, other than like, th- this has to be, you put so much into that D line. They have to be great. They can't be okay. And they certainly can't be whatever less than mediocre they were last year. So that has to be figured out because there is enough talent there. And I know there's a big question with Fletcher Cox coming back or not, but there's enough talent there where that's got to be righted. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's funny. The 70 sacks is such an anomaly. I try not to use that as like the standard. So for me, what I'll say is why weren't, why weren't you guys in the top five in sack totals? Right. That's what I would more so lean towards rather than why'd you go from 70 to 40? What was it, three, 44? Yeah. Um, because 70 is such a large number in this, even in this day and age. So, my real question is why weren't you in the top five in sack mm-hmm. totals? Why weren't you um, effective? I watched that Buccaneers game and they really could. Yeah. I know, I know they had some sacks in that game, but yeah. if you really was paying attention, they really wasn't getting home like that. Right. They 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 were pushing, but it kind of seemed like they ran into brick walls after a while. Mm-hmm. Um that D-line, they spent so much money on it, they spent so much draft capital on it. It's criminal that they fell off the way they did and how the and, and, and how they did it. You know, talking about fatigue. Look, we could debate fatigue, we could debate all conditioning, we can get into all that kind of stuff. But I think we have we we have to ask ourselves: Are the Philadelphia Eagles doing the off season right? You know, are they grinding enough? Are they putting enough um, emphasis on making these guys sweat? You know, I see some of these other coaches, you know, that's willing to take the fine. You know, they'll you know they'll live with it. Hey, listen, you find us all right, cool, whatever. We're still practicing over here. You know, you know, with 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 Hargrave saying what he said, and obviously Hargrave is not a clickbait type of guy, not a hot take dude. When he said what he said about the Eagles practice in comparison to the Niners, it's telling, man. They got to get these young guys in the lab. They got to get these guys grinding. They got to, you know, restore that, you know. And also, these guys are top-tier picks. You got so many first-rounders on that D-line, you know, in, in, in that pass rush. You got guys getting first-rounder money. Step step up. Mm-hmm. Step your weight up, okay? You yeah. know, at a certain point, I'm, I'm not looking at coaches. At a certain point, I'm looking at y'all, too. Y'all getting paid. Y'all, y'all, y'all well taken care of. Y'all fed well. Y'all get the massages and all that kind of stuff. The, the, the travel is better than it's, the, the, the traveling accommodations are better yeah. than better than it's ever been. Step yeah. your damn weight up, fellas. Come yeah. on, man. We've never like we, it, it, we, we. This is not Philadelphia Eagles football. Well, How wait. does your run defense go from stopping teams to sixty yards? Then you're giving up 140, 150 yards. Make it make sense. Step your damn weight up. Okay, have some accountability. That's the thing. You know, I we can sit back and objectively look at the back seven and say. They're not good enough. Like you better upgrade the talent there. Right. I I'm, I can't give the benefit of the doubt to the front set front four. You had no, enough. You can't. you can't. So be better, man. Be better. Not much has changed. Only and I don't hear like this. That's especially where I don't want to hear like uh, blaming Desai or, or Patric- whatever, man. Like Listen, just be better. When the D line, in my opinion, the D line is more effort than scheme. Yep. And something there's a disconnect right now. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I don't know. I don't know if we're. I don't know if we're looking at Tracy Rocker. I don't know if um, we're looking at Sean Desai, Matt Patricia. But overall, it comes down to those players' effort and want to and will. And run defense is a desire. Tackling is a desire. It's a mindset. And when you don't want to tackle, when you when when you when you can't beat your – this defensive line, easily, everybody would say it's top five, top three in the NFL. And 
Didn't play like it. They, they didn't play like it on the back end. Again, no. to, to go from 60 rushing yards given up to around 140, 150, yeah. that, 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 that doesn't add up to Beyond you. unacceptable. And you weren't hurt. If you were, if you had fourth stringers lining up, I'd, I'd, you know, cut you some slack. All right. Um, now this one, we don't know yet, but replacing Kelsey, um, is going to be interesting. I, I don't think anybody is foolish enough to think whoever steps in there is going to play at the same level, uh, or anywhere near the level right away, but we know it's going to be Jurgens. Um, and the question is, what do you do? Who slides into the guard spot? Is it Steen? Is it one of the more veteran guys, whatever, which means you could take a hit maybe at both spots. You know, you, you could maybe not be as good at center. You could maybe not be as good at guard. So that's the challenge that you're going to have, you know, for the first time in a while, I know they lost Sayamalo, who was a really solid player, but this one, I think they're going to feel a little bit and it's something. Oh, that yeah, absolutely. Have to, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's be, let's be honest about this. Kelsey, some, you know, some would argue he had a slight down tick this year. You know, I'm more so on that side as well. But overall, when you're that great, yeah, and you make first team all pro, <laughs> my opinion is moot. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you know, for for a guy to be playing at the top of his craft at that level still to this day, getting first team all pros above all these young guys, that's insane. So yeah. He, it makes his decision that much harder. You know you're at the top of your game in terms of just um, skill, technique. Um, you're still you're still dominating guys. You know, um, you know, um, and you know, in the open field, you know, in those impact blocks. You know, you're he 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 is arguably the goat of centers. He's up there, mm-hmm. no doubt. But yeah, then, no doubt. but then, there has to be life after him, and. Are, if, are the Philadelphia Eagles fully prepared to make that transition? I'm unsure. Cam Jurgens has some ups, has some downs. But the one thing above all else that I don't like about Cam Jurgens is the inability to stay healthy. Jason Kelsey, what made him remarkable outside of the, just the skill set and the work ethic, what made him so remarkable is the health factor. Showed up how he week. was always available. Yeah. He was an Iron Man. He hasn't missed a game. Let's make sure let's make sure we get this thing right because I want to make sure we give him it's his crazy. It's been like blue. 10 years, right? It's been something so nuts. as of right now, based off of his based off of everything I've seen here, Jason Kelsey has to hasn't missed a game since 2014. Wow. Yep. Put that in perspective, Philadelphia Eagles. At fans. center, at where where at every center play, when you're in the gut of it. it yeah, is 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 not and that's did you did you read that really funny quote? Uh, Laura Oakman, who's a, re, a sideline reporter for Fox. No, I missed it. <laughs> she asked Kelsey what what it was like being in the middle of those tush pushes, and he said every time the play came in, he said to himself, "Bleep my life," because he takes an absolute beating on the tush push. Uh-huh. So I mean, it, think about that. It's not just the tush push. Every play, man, you are. Banging with the biggest cats Banging. in the world. And he's undersized for the position. Yeah, he so, is. He's dealing with guys who are 20, 30 pounds heavier than him in some cases. Mm-hmm. So, so, again, you know, Cam Jurgens, is he ready to step up? I like the talent, right? Yeah. I like, you know, and ultimately a lot of these old linemen, they don't really – old linemen develop. It takes them a longer time to develop. Mm-hmm. And typically old linemen don't really hit their, hit their stride really until about 27, 28, 29. 
you know, going into their 30s. That's when offensive linemen, in my opinion, are, I think the best offensive linemen are between ages 28 and 32. Well, okay. let me let me expand that between 28 and 34 because uh, Jason Kelsey is still doing his thing, Trent Williams, so on and so forth, for Tyron Smith. Like, these guys are dinosaurs, but they're the hardest dinosaurs to kill. No meteor can knock these guys out. You feel me? So Cam Jurgens has big shoes to fill, and Cam Jurgens also has to find a way to stay healthy. That's the most alarming part about transitioning to Cam Jurgens for me. Not the talent, the health. Yeah. You know, we can't afford, you know, to keep having a, a center in and out of the lineup. That that that, that messes with a lot. So mm-hmm. Cam Jurgens, I don't know what it is, man. Eat your Wheaties, get your protein, your Pedialyte, um, whatever you need to do, player. Try to make sure them bones get a little stronger. Drink some milk. Do yeah. something. I hear you it. know. Um, all right, let's let's go with another uh, one that we probably will start focusing on soon, but we haven't looked much at. And I get it. Um, but who's going to be the number one running back? You know, DeAndre Swift said yesterday he loved his time here, but and he was he was very frank. He said, uh, you know, I'm a free agent and I and I want to test the waters. In other words, I want to get paid, and I don't blame you because at the position that he plays, this has to be the time that you get it. Like you got to get yours now. This is his first time after his rookie deal where he's got to get the, it might be the only big contract that you get. And and big is relatively speaking because the the NFL doesn't respect his position, but who's the number one. If he's, if he's gone, if he's elsewhere, I lost you. Can you say that one more time? Who's the number one running back? If Deandre Swift walks in free agency. Mm. Yeah. He's not in his roster. Yeah. He's not on his roster. I'm, uh, you know, my love affair with Kenny Gainwell ended some time ago. Um, there was a point in time where I was on a Kenny Gainwell hype train. I felt like he was, I felt like he had better vision than Miles Sanders. I felt like he ran with more power than Miles Sanders. Um, felt like he was better in the past game than Miles Sanders, right? But Kenny Gainwell, in my humble opinion, has never take, taken that step. Um, Kenny Gainwell has, in my opinion, he's the same player from his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what's most disappointing um, about Kenny Gainwell, in my humble opinion. Now, um, am I judging him correctly? Am I am I expecting too much? I don't know. But when this team uses you the way they use you, and how much they sing your praises, and how much they're willing to go to bat for you, okay, I need to see why. And I and I and I've yet to see really why um, Kenny Gainwell um, got some of the snaps that he got. Kenny Gainwell hasn't shown me anything that that that, that says he's better than Boston Scott. Mm-hmm. I'm being honest. That's just my humble opinion. Um, I feel like Boston Scott rose with more power. I feel like Boston Scott doesn't waste time in the backfield. I feel like Boston Scott um, always gets you four yards. Somehow, someway, he's hard to find back there. Kenny Gainwell is not going to be the number one. He shouldn't be a number one anywhere. Uh, I think they need to find a way to get some power in that, you know, in that running back room. I'm on board with signing a free agent running back and then drafting one. Right. However you want to, however you want to delineate the skill set, you do that on your own. But overall, I think they need to draft a running back for sure. Um, get get younger there. Um, draft a young power guy. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Draft a young power guy with some fresh legs, and then maybe you sign a, a, a guy in free agency, and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah. But I'm, it's I'm, but, it, but it's not going to be Swift. Swift is good as gone. I'm going to hold out hope that he's not good as gone. Uh, maybe it's just wishful thinking because I, I like a guy who he showed you everything. He showed you he could run between the tackles and run hard. He stayed healthy. Um, he he can be explosive just in terms of space. He can catch the ball. I, 
Yeah, I would say it's more likely he's gone than than not. But yeah. I'm gonna hold and, out some hope. And I like Swift, right? You know, he's a Philly guy. Yeah. Um, I like Swift a lot, but I'm just thinking about their trend, yeah. how they look, you know, how they view the position, right? You no, know, Rob, you, you know, Rob Mighty said it best. You know, trying to think about what's needed and what they should do, and trying to balance that with their history and their trends. That's the, the that's the conundrum that we're all in right now covering the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. And will they will this be the off season where they buck their trend? Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know if I'm betting on that. All right, well, let me, let me pick it up here, and I want to play off of that a little bit with the next thing I want to discuss depth mm-hmm. at receiver and tight end granted this is not the top of the list stuff the other stuff is the top of the list stuff but you need to do better mm-hmm. after Devonte and AJ at receiver because we can't expect them and we saw it with AJ who got hurt at the end of the year to play 17 games you can't fall off the way they did with Zacchaeus and Quez Watkins and then the whole we know the whole crew and you can't fall off after Goddard because Goddard can't stay healthy himself with Stoll and Calcaterra and Albert O. You you ha- you have to find more competent, qualified guys to go out there and make plays for you, take some of the heat off of the number ones sometimes. They get no production out of the number three receiver position like other teams do. Yep. Um, I've always felt like at the number three receiver spot, you may not be the biggest, you may not be the fastest, you may not, but you may not be the, you you may you may not be the best in anything. But I feel like above all else, you have to have short hands. Mm-hmm. Got to be reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, Got to be able to run your routes correctly, even if you're not the fastest. Got to be able to run them correctly. And they didn't get that out of Coach Watkins, obviously. I like Olamide Zacchaeus. I don't think they gave him enough opportunities. Um, and when you when you give the number three receiver opportunities, it expand it, it expands the entire um, range. Of your of your offense, right? When you're feeding more guys than just one, it makes your offense so hard to prepare for. With the Eagles, they're easy to game plan for. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, maybe Goddard. Okay, easy. Like you know, it's the Eagles got to do a better job at maximizing that number three receiver position. And again, I'm not saying take away. I'm not saying you know make don't make AJ Brown and Devontae Smith a priority. They're they're your big ticket guys, right? They're box office. You want to you want to get the ball in those guys' hands. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you got to have a game where or or you got to find a way to average three to five targets for your number three, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Um that's that that's just my mindset. They don't get enough out of that out of that slot at all. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's been an issue for for a while here, um, for sure. With these, with this, in terms of depth. So 
that's another area they need to improve. All right, let's hit it, Tone. Uh, let's come back, and we're going to dive a little bit more into Jalen Hurts in the sense that um, where is he reputationally? Uh, where is he in comparison to the other elite quarterbacks in the game? Where does he rank uh, after the way that this year went mm-hmm. down? So we'll do a lot on that. This, there's, a, there's a ton this next in the segment, NFL segment. Yeah. This next segment is going to upset a lot of people. I think it is. I think it is. I think it's it, it's – it's, it's going, going to make it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. And you got to going, really think here about this and be real. We have to be real with ourselves uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> with this. Right. One, so. And again, also, you know, the next segment, it's not an indictment on his career. <laughs> like, no, it's 25. Right. You know, we're talking about today. Yep. Today. Yep. And All we're right, going so. to flush it out, you know, in, in the next segment. So, you know, stay tuned, you guys. Um, be prepared to be pissed off. Right on. All right. So we'll do that when we come back. Uh, don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jake Sports YouTube Network. Proaction Restoration, they are the place to turn to if you have a home, a business, or a property and you go through the inconvenience and the pain of water, fire, smoke, or mold damage. Proaction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I can I can vouch for that uh, because they have helped me in a couple of circumstances. Back in the day at my parents' house where they were, you know, a couple of older people who were having a really hard time with uh, water damage and, 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 and getting it fixed and, and whatnot. And Proaction showed up, fixed the problem, and everything was smooth sailing from there. I could tell you from personal experience a couple of months back when I had a leak from an upstairs bathroom into a downstairs bathroom that caused a lot of damage. They came out, they fixed it, and it was really one-stop shopping for all of the repair that I needed. Uh, and they are just unbelievable to work with. Uh, Proaction Restoration is licensed, bonded, fully insured, serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. They will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online, proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Welcome back, everybody. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Take on this Thursday. All right, Tone. So uh, let, let's dive into it. We've obviously talked a lot about Nick Sirianni uh, in the early going. And, mm-hmm. you know, the gist of it was um, there were a lot of reports yesterday that, you know, he and specifically Diana Rossini um, from The Athletic, that he and Howie Roseman were making calls to potential um, coordinators and or previous head coaches to come in here. Uh, to be assistant coaches with staff changes coming. Uh, There were follow-ups saying this doesn't necessarily mean that Nick is safe. He still has yet to meet with Jeffrey Lurie, and only after that time will we know whether he is going to continue as the Eagles head coach. So we still don't know. Uh, Jeff is said Mm -hmm. to be away at St. Martin's. That doesn't mean with modern technology you can't have a Zoom with somebody. We know that, or a stream yard or whatever. No, he Uh, he, he wants his ass face-to-face. That's what he wants. I I would tend to think you want to be in the same room. That's just me. (laughs) Right. That's just me. But uh, so uh, right now, status unknown. Right now, we're still in limbo with where things are. Um, But the quarterback we know is going to be back. This is the first year of a $250 million contract that he extension that he signed with the Eagles. It kicks in this season. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's start with this tone. How much has this season hurt his reputation nationally and locally? Because some numbers are still pretty good. He scored mm-hmm. a lot of touchdowns, man, and that's really what it's about ultimately. But we know the passing game wasn't where it was last year. We know the turnovers were very way too high uh, in general. So how much of a hit has he taken? You know, I've been hearing a lot of different things, right? I've been hearing people question if Jalen Hurts is the guy. Um, you know, we've even posed the question um, if Jalen Hurts got paid too soon. Um, you know, what are his limitations? You know, we've heard all different kinds of things about Jalen Hurts, but overall – you know, he took a step back this year. And in my humble opinion, um, this year looked like the league caught up with him and he was struggling to make that adjustment or make that pivot. That's the part about, you know, this season that's, you know, just as just as disappointing as uh, the coaching staff. It seemed like regardless of what the defenses were showing Jalen Hurts, I wasn't see, I wasn't seeing him respond in the way that I would like. Um, that's not to say he can't develop into the player that I expect him to be, or I think he can be. I think Jalen Hurts has potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, right? But this season was not that. The numbers was pretty much on par for last year. More touchdowns, though, um, more pass attempts, more completions. Um, the, the completion percentage uh, remained on par. So so I like that, right? I, there were aspects of this season that were not nitpick. 
I liked, right? I liked that with more pass attempts, his pass, his completion percentage was was essentially the same. Last year, I think it was 66. Yeah. And this year it was like 65.8, 65.6. So pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. So um, I do like that. Um, the turnovers, obviously, unacceptable. And you, there were moments where you questioned what you, there were moments where you questioned what he was saying out there. You know, on top of that, you add the fumbles in, right? The ball security, um, the the lack of pocket awareness um, at times, right? It, it kind of seemed like he it kind of seemed like he resorted back to some old habits from twenty twenty one, and you know, I think overall, people have and look, let's just call it what it is, right? Jalen Hurts is one of those. He's he he's polarizing. Yeah. And I say that because the way he came into the league, his story at George, his his story, his story at Alabama, transitioning to Oklahoma. A lot of some people felt like he, he you know, he he ran away from the you know ran away from the grind. And in all reality, he just graduated and he went to Oklahoma, you know, to finish, you know, um, his, you know his graduate studies. You know what I'm saying? So he didn't run away from anything. He stuck around for a whole year. So that narrative needs to be you know dispelled. But overall, in my humble opinion. I feel like there's a lot of people who couldn't wait for Jalen Hurts to have the first sign of struggle. I do believe that. You know, I'm not one of those people. Um, I've always been rocking with Jalen Hurts, still am. But I do believe there is a pool of people who have literally marked on their calendars when Jalen Hurts would have his setback or when he would fail, and then, and, and 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 now they're now they're even more emboldened because he had a rough season. I don't think this is this. I don't think this is Jalen Hurts' standard. I think this is a blip on the radar. Um, but we do have to ask ourselves, right? You know, is he still a top ten quarterback today? Today, right? And you know, we're gonna we're, we're gonna play around with this because Jalen Hurts. We're always gonna compare him to his peers, and the list is constantly moving because it's fluid, and guys are always coming out the woodworks. Guys are developing today. We have to ask ourselves: Is Jalen Hurts a top ten quarterback? So I think we could play around with this, and I'm going to throw some names at you. Well, let me let me jump in though. Just let me just before we do the list, I, just yeah. kind of where I'm at with him. I, I I'm I too have not given up in, on Jalen Hurts in any way, shape, or form. Right. I think we're going to look back at this year and realize this pat. When I say this year, I mean the 23 season, and and mm-hmm. and realize that it was a disaster. Like he was set up to fail. Um, and that doesn't mean that he doesn't bear responsibility. He does, but he was fed up, set up to fail by the by the play calling, by the scheme. Uh, er, everything was out of control. Uh, I I don't for whatever reason it wasn't a good fit with Ryan Johnson and Nick scheming it up. Whatever. I, I think we're going to know a lot more if they bring in someone next year, and I think they will bring in someone who will cater to. And this is what you should do, by the way, the strengths of your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me what he can't do. Let's tell me what he can do and let's improve upon those. Yeah, right. there's other things we can fix and work on and all that. And that's great. But I, I believe in him. I, I Like I said, I think he works too hard and he is self-aware. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's like Wentz where he's stubborn and thinks he knows it all. And that mm-hmm. all will help him get better. So I believe in him. Um, I do think he has to get better at certain things. And I think he has to get healthy. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't believe he's healthy. And, and I don't know if we're going to get any kind of announcement about it. They might do it under the radar. And we find out about it later, or he just needs rest. It may not be a surgery. Let's hope he doesn't have to get cut on, but I don't think he's right right now. So I want to see what a healthy Jalen in an offense that is actually ahead of the curve a little bit instead of two, three years behind. Looks yeah. like. And the reality is it's going to hurt some people's feelings. Jalen Hurts is not the best passer, right? He's not the best. He's runner. Not. And, and that's he's okay. He's not the best. He, he, he's, not, 
He's not the he, he he he's not the best field general. Jalen Hurts doesn't do anything exceptionally well, but what he does do well, he wins games. And when you start to lose games, what he doesn't do well becomes accentuated, right? Um, I I do believe Jalen Hurts, his work ethic will always take him further than what his talent will. And again, some people may take this as disrespect. I don't necessarily think that. I think Jalen Hurts is a player who's constantly had to work harder and push himself to his limits to make sure he gets where he got to go. Mm-hmm. And so and he showed that he's capable of doing that, right, especially under the right leadership. Right. Um, I was disappointed to see his performance, the way he performed in that in that, in that that uh, playoff game um, without A.J. Brown there because I was looking forward to seeing what would Jalen Hurts be. We haven't seen him without A.J. Brown in almost two years. Um, I was curious to see what, would he elevate his game, would he be able to work his way through um, those defenses without A.J. Brown. And he had limitations and he struggled. And obviously the blitz made it harder, but he struggled without A.J. Brown. He did. And, and, and in my opinion, that that alone um, puts a um, puts a, a dent in his shield. Because um, at some point you're going to have to play without these guys. At some point you're going to have to carry the team. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point you're going to have to be the guy to make the plays. And he's had moments this season where we said to ourselves, wow, man, Jalen really put the team on his back. He's had those moments. He's had moments this season. But overall, he took a step back this year, and um, that that playoff game left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. And we're going to have to live with that until further notice. Yeah, and I think, too, his decision-making was not – and time management was not acceptable. And that's something that's, – Oh, I'm glad you that. said that. Time yeah. management was not was, was not up to par at all in the pocket. His time yeah. management was terrible this year. He's got to have a clock. He also has to know if he how many timeouts he has, and he's got to know that you can't take that safety. Like, there are things that you can fix that are here, in my estimation, uh, yeah. and I think he will. I, he, didn't, I, he, I, I, he didn't take a safety all year. And I, I, when he took that safety, I'm like, something's wrong. Yeah. Everything it just felt like everything was cratering. The know? awareness just just it was just off. Gone. Everything just felt off. So yeah. he has to wear the he has to wear this season just how everybody else does. He's not yep. exempt. You know what I mean? I don't care how much I like to do. I don't care how many jerseys I own of his. I don't care how much memorabilia I got. I'm going to hold him accountable because I support Same. him. I respect him, and I know well, he can be great. And that's why I do it too because I believe if I didn't believe in you, I wouldn't care. Like I'm not. I wouldn't even talk him. about you. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not holding Marcus Mariota accountable. I don't, you know, I know what it is, right? So anyway, no offense, Marcus. Uh, all <laughs> right, so. Marcus took a straight just now. I know, I, that was not straight. right. Sorry, Marcus. I'll, I'll tell you to duck first before I do that. Um, but uh, all right, so let, let's dive into it, Tone. Let, let, let's let's look at him along with his peers and see kind oh. of where this where this falls. All right, let's do it. You know, we asked ourselves, right, is he, is he still a top 10 quarterback? And, you know, um, off the bat, I don't want to do a top 10, but I'm just going to give you names. All right. I'm going to ask you, would you take Jalen Hurts over this guy? Okay. And we're going to go through these guys. And again, this, this is based off of today and what we've seen in the playoffs and previously this season. This is not a forecast. No, I got you. Want to make the, what we, yeah, we're, about, we're living in the present. I know you got me. I know you got me. Yeah. I want to make sure I reiterate that to the people. Yeah. This is not a forecast. Mm-hmm. This is... Who would you take today, knowing everything we know and everything we've seen in the playoffs mm-hmm. and in the regular season of 2023? So try let's to follow it. me here, and let's have some fun, people. So some of these are obviously going to be easy. Some of them are going to make you think. Um, Patrick Mahomes, would you take Jalen Hurts over Patrick Mahomes today? No. No, i take Patrick Mahomes over anybody. But, yeah, and so the answer is no. I would take Patrick Mahomes. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Josh Allen today? 
No, I would take Josh Allen. I think they both have turnover issues, but I think the arm talent and the size for Allen are what the are deciding factors for me. So I'd take Allen. Right. Right. And chat, I want to get your opinion about this as well. Right. I want to know. I'm really curious. I want to check the temperature of you guys because I really care about you guys' opinions. Yeah, jump um, in. So we said Mahomes, we said Josh Allen. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Lamar Jackson today? I'm taking Jackson. That's a hard one, but I'm taking Jackson. And a lot of the stuff, I'll tell you this, Tone, um, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about right now with Jalen, people in Baltimore were talking about with, with Lamar Jackson. And you know what they did? They changed offensive coordinators. They gave him Todd Munkin, and mm-hmm. every everything changed for and they got him a couple of quality receivers, which he needed. They got him uh, mm-hmm. they drafted the Flowers kid. They draft they they signed OBJ, whatever. Yep. They yep. gave the guy some help. And you know, all of a sudden he got back to being an MVP candidate. And I think he's gonna be an MVP. Right. So and, sh- and and uh shout out to our guy uh Dink Birds as well with the super chat. Um, you know, this you know, this this is this is the gift and curse of winning and losing, right? Um, whatever your personality is, when you're winning, people love it about you. But whenever you're losing, they start to they start to pick it apart. That's that that's the nature of the game. That's yeah. life. And you I know don't what I mean? I, yeah, and anybody who's who's like I think there's a difference between knocking him for being stoic, which is ridiculous. That's just who his personality is, and wanting him to maybe throw a little more praise if you believe in your coach. I, I think there's a there is something to be said there, but I yeah. I get what Dank's saying. Ultimately. Right, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> All right, so we did Mahomes, we did Allen, we did Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Aaron Rodgers today? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm, now is that personal? No, I I, <laughs> I I do loathe Aaron. Let me tell you, I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I I can't wait till I don't have to see this guy anymore. I, I, I'll be real. And yep. He just rubs me the wrong way. I'm being frank. But no, I I don't know what's left in that tank. And you got a 40 year old coming off an Achilles. Mm-hmm. I, I'll I'll still take Jalen Hurts. I will take Jalen Hurts. Fair enough. All right. Um, would you take Jalen Hurts over Trevor Lawrence today? Yes, I I think Trevor Lawrence is has been has disappointed frankly he was the number one overall pick I, I he's obviously there's skill he's got a cannon and all that but he has shown me nothing for me to take him over Jalen hurts thus far I think he could he has more like uh pure certainly more arm talent but he has not played better than Jalen hurts his team collapsed like just like Jalen's did mm-hmm. and and he hadn't taken his team to a Super Bowl like Jalen right. so no I'm taking Jalen over Trevor fair enough would you take Jalen hurts over Jared Goff today? That's a tough one. We're getting we're, we're getting in the weeds now. Yeah, I'm taking Jared Goff, and again, let's just un- understand we're doing. He this doesn't based- get enough respect. Jared yes, Goff based- is a good quarterback. Yeah, based on this year, uh, uh, off of what he's done, and he's still doing it. Actually, he's got no, he's still going. Um, and what Jalen did this past year, Goff played better. I would take Goff in Detroit. Yeah, you know when yep. when when everybody thought his career would be over when he when he traded him over there he found a way to he he stood tall and yep. look look he he stayed the course RSO, I give, that's where I do give him a ton of credit he could have easily just said get me out of here and he didn't so credit to yeah. him so all right would you take Jalen Hurts over Dak Prescott today uh, here's why I'm saying I would take Jalen here's why I'm saying that Dak mm-hmm. had a way better regular season but my this, this, you know what? Maybe I'm cheating a little bit. This is sort of projection. I have to believe that my quarterback 
can play well in big moments. I saw Jalen Hurts play great in a Super Bowl last year with one mistake. And I've yet to see Dak Prescott put a team on his back in a, in a playoff setting. Dak folds too much for me. I'm taking Jalen. And again, okay. I, this is where you could really argue what I just said and say, look at Dak's numbers this past year compared to Jalen's. And mm-hmm. they both only went to the first game of the playoffs and got bounced. You could right. do that. And I'd be, I would guilty so ba- charged. Right. Yeah. So basically if someone felt otherwise, you wouldn't really argue them that way. No, you, I think you could call me out on this one and say, dude, if you're just going off their regular seasons, then Dak played better. But I'm, right. I have to believe that my guy can, can perform in the playoffs. And I, I still believe Jalen can. I don't have faith that Dak can. Okay, got it. Um, would you take Jalen Hurts over C.J. Stroud today? Damn, man. That's I, tough. I, I got my answer. Got my <laughs> You're answer. killing me. I'm taking Stroud. <laughs> I'm taking Stroud as well. His pocket presence is spectacular for a rookie. He only, his, his ceiling, I, I have no idea what it is. His but poise is ridiculous. Poise is insane. He dropped I mean, 45 points on the – Brown's defense. I, I and, just, and, and two of them were pick sixes. So if you take away the 14 points, they still dropped 31 points on that team right. and still beat them. So right. I like CJ Straw, man. That's what I get back to with him. Uh, how about five interceptions? That's, five interceptions on the season, man. That's all as a rookie. One, as a rookie. As a rookie, he lost one fumble. He had six turnovers this year. He had a 100.8 passer rating, mm-hmm. completed basically 64%, went over 4,100 yards, had 23 throwing touchdowns. This guy was ridiculous this year. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And, so, and yeah, I'm rookie. taking Stroud. Yep, okay. You and I agree with that. Today, are you taking Jalen Hurts over Jordan Love? I'm still taking Jalen Hurts. I like what I saw from Jordan Love. And you might ask me this next year, and my answer might be different. But I'm still mm. – I believe in Jalen Hurts enough that I'm taking Jalen Hurts in that situation. Hey, How about you? Hey, Love Hurts. So, um, me personally, uh, I'm still rocking with Jalen over Jordan Love. You know, I, But I got to give Jordan Love credit. Going into Dallas – dismantling them the way he did that goes a long way with he me. was in total command that goes a long way with me man yeah and also they were in the same draft class people forget it's people true forget. yeah he had to people sit forget. love had to sit long yeah people yep. forget jordan love and jalen hurts are in the same draft class love was drafted ahead of him in the first round That's but fair. you know yeah forget but well i you know here's the thing i, I just want to circle back to a couple of these I think that Stroud was put in a way better position having a guy like Bobby Slowick. Mm-hmm. I think Jordan Love having LaFleur, Matt LaFleur yeah. is in a better position. That you know, he, mm-hmm. th- these guys were given a better opportunity to succeed. They and, were. And that they sounds were. like I'm making excuses for Hertz, but but it is true. They had they had better coaching, man. But 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 you look at Lord Love and say, Well, he ain't got AJ Brown. He ain't got Devontae Smith. No, he's got kids. He's throwing you know what kids. I mean? Whereas Jalen's throwing to grown men. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, you can pull you can pull strings on both sides. Um, part of me says hurts, part of me says love. You know, I don't want you know, recent recency bias is a real thing. Um, again, dismantling the Cowboys in that environment the way he did, yeah. man, that goes a long way, Rob. Yeah, it does. It goes yeah, a long way. So um, I don't know, that might be a push, actually. Yeah, that um, that's a that's a hard one, man. Yeah, you know, honestly. <clears throat> All right, this one's gonna be fascinating because he just beat him. Um, are you choosing Jalen Hurts over Baker Mayfield? Yes, yes. I know he just beat him. I know Mayfield's team beat won. him up. 
yeah, I know that. And and Mayfield played very well. And he has had a good year in Tampa. He's he's earned the right to be their guy going mm-hmm. forward. But I'm still taking Jalen Hurts. I, I got a game to win. What, what, I'm taking Jalen. I, <laughs> I can't say that because he just lost in a game to win. Exactly. Um, to that guy. <laughs> to that guy. I know, it sound, I know it sounds wrong. I'm still taking Jalen Hurts. Sorry. I, can, I cannot in good faith take Baker Mayfield over Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I know, yeah I, know, I know Baker Mayfield had a career year this year, all that kind of stuff, and he did. He he, he torched the Eagles. Let's make that very clear. Torched yeah. them. Um, but I just can't see myself taking no. Baker Mayfield over, over Jalen Sorry. Hurts. I, I know Jalen Hurts struggled this year, but I can't wrap my mind around that. I don't I, say I, what, I, I, I may be biased. Say what you want. I don't really care. I'm no. not, and if, if you if you if you have a million reasons why I should take Baker Mayfield over Jalen Hurts, I'll hear you, but I won't listen. There's no <laughs> circumstance or scenario where I'm rolling with Baker Mayfield over Jalen Hurts. Sorry. And, and look, man, it's a part of the game, man. Look, well, but we Tone, all... here's the other thing: What did he look like last year when he had changed a real offensive coordinator? You know, he, I hate coming back to the coaching because was again, it sounds like I'm, I'm justifying. He was yeah. legitimate. He was the real deal. He was runner a runner-up runner up MVP. MVP. I feel you. Yeah. All right, so. We've gone through Mahomes, we've gone through Allen, Lamar Jackson, Rogers. Yeah. And let's just let's just recap real quick. By the so, way, good good mix of of like young and old, like established. Oh, yeah, it gets better. Okay. It gets better. So so far, we're picking Mahomes over Hertz. We're picking Allen over Hertz. We're picking Lamar Jackson over Hertz. We're picking um Jared Goff over Hertz. Mm-hmm. We're picking CJ Stroud over Hertz. Yep. Love is a push. Yep. We're, we're, we're not picking Dak over Hertz. We're not picking Rogers over Hertz, and we're not picking Lawrence over Hertz, and we're not picking Mayfield over Hertz, right? Okay. Okay, so that's the recap, you guys. Kirk Cousins. Are you choosing Jalen Hurts over Kirk Cousins? Yes, for the same justification that I gave you for Dak. Kirk Cousins okay. puts numbers up. Nobody denies that. Uh, okay. but he comes up real small in big games. Okay. I'm taking I'm taking Jalen. That's reasonable. All right. Today, are you taking Jalen Hurts over Joe Burrow? No, no, I'm taking Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, to me, is as talented as anybody in the NFL. I, I truly believe that. I, I I know he was hurt this year. He was never kind of right. He had the calf, and then he had the the elbow, whatever it was, the wrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, nope. I think Burrow's better. I'm taking Joe Burrow. If I, if I had my choice of I'm starting a draft, and I know Burrow's healthy, I'm taking Burrow over, over Jalen. Yeah, Burrow has to find a way to stay healthy. He's been battling injuries over the past. He does few he years. gets hurt a lot? That's he fair. He's hurt. He's he, he's he's a little squeamish in that regard. That but, is um, fair. Yeah, I, th- I think I may roll with you on that. Today, are you taking Deshaun Watson over Jalen Hurts? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because when he came back, I know last year was tough because he missed so much time and he was just thrown in the mix for the last couple of games. And then the beginning of this year, I didn't, he started to come on before he got hurt, but I'm still not sold that he sat out a long time. I, I don't know about him. I can't trust Deshaun Watson as to where he's at after missing as much time as he missed. I'm taking Jalen over to Sean Watson. You muted tone. You're muted. Sorry. Sorry, you guys. That's not my thing. Um, you know what I think that people yeah. don't want to that people don't want to talk about. I think the league has passed Deshaun Watson by. I think I think he's I think he'll never get back to that give get back to that form that we Possible. saw. I think he'll never get there. Um, I'm taking Jalen Hurts over Deshaun Watson. Um, the contract gives me way more flexibility. <laughs> so um, that's yeah, his, his deal. Watson's deal for, for you people to forget is all guaranteed. 
And, and while Hertz is getting paid a lot of money, it's not all guaranteed. And it's, it's much more team friendly than Watson's mm-hmm. is for sure. But yeah. yeah. Also. Yeah. And again, just on Watson's just, I haven't seen, no, I haven't, I haven't seen anything that, that, that reminded me of that guy in Houston. So yeah, uh, I'm t- I, I would take Hertz over to Sean Watson today. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Justin Herbert today? Yes. Yes. I mean, Herbert's got, again, more arm talent. Yeah, he's more talented, but but, but we have what have we seen? You know, what, how is it? I know it's, it's unfair to lay everything on a quarterback. I get it. Like, you know, but, but yeah. he's good enough. He's hold on. Wait, look, look, real quick. What, yeah. what was their record this year? What was their record? The Chargers? Seven wins, six wins. Uh, I'm guessing. I want to make sure I got this right because six my, wins, maybe because I'm about to, I think I'm about to help you make your point. They won five games this year. Five. They're that quarterback, regardless of circumstance is better than, is, is better than five wins. That's how I look at it, right? Through all the turbulence, and, and and Herbert has weapons, and they have talent on defense. Head coaching was abysmal, right? Yeah. But we yeah, also yeah. said he, he, fall, he definitely falls under the category right. of he was he was hamstrung by a, a clown of a coach. He but, yeah. he was is, and I, I'm not discounting that. But Jalen Hurts clearly was hamstrung. We're saying that as well. I feel like Jalen Hurts was hamstrung by a head coach this year as well, and um, I think the Chargers and the Eagles are damn near on par as far as talent, just just raw talent, top to bottom. I think the Chargers are one of the more talented teams in the NFL. Yeah. And also, he's in a tougher conference. I will admit that. tough. Uh, the division is tough. I will admit he's in a tougher conference. But I believe if you have Justin Herbert, there's no way you should win five games. Yep. And I feel like I feel like this outside of his outside of his stats, he's been an underachiever. Mm-hmm. From a winning yeah. standpoint. Like I, let me put it this way. If they um if they uh, hypothetically hire Jim Harbaugh and they bring in the right people. Could I see Justin Herbert shining next year? Totally. Totally. The talent's there. Yeah. You know, but I have, you're asking me, I'm going based off of what I've seen. Mm-hmm. No. I no, I've taken Jalen. Uh, by right. the way, the, the Falcons interviewed Brian Johnson for their head coaching job. Uh, so the Falcons right. have interviewed Brad. It's already completed. They put the statement out. The Falcons did. So they have interviewed Brian Johnson. For okay. Their head coaching gig. All right, now next guy. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Kyler Murray today? Yes. Yeah, I'm not a Kyler Murray fan. I'm not. Uh, yeah, he, I'm, he, we're I'm, talking I'm about not how Jalen's not big. To Kyler Murray's smaller. Um, I don't like his attitude towards his teammates. Um, I no, I, I don't. I would take Jalen. That's an easy one for me. It's Jalen all day. Okay. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Matthew Stafford today? No, I would take Stafford. Agreed. I don't think Stafford gets enough respect for his ability to his ability to deliver the ball from point A to point B. He is arguably one. Of, he's a top, in my opinion. Yeah, this may sound blasphemous to other people. I think Matthew Stafford is a top five thrower of the football in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. he's a top five thrower. He throws one of the most prettiest footballs I've ever seen. I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, and he could do it sidearm. He could do a lot of different things uh, with his throws. I worry about him staying healthy. Right. And I worry about his age. But if you're asking me who you know, were coming off of la- this past season, it's Stafford. Stafford did a hell of a job this year. Agreed. 
to bring Agreed. them back. They found a way to make the playoffs when no one thought they he would. He played well in that game against Detroit. It wasn't, you know, yeah. Detroit he just was, beat him. He was getting beat up, too. He, he, <laughs> he, can take, he took killed. some hellacious hits, man. Yeah. Um, would you take Jalen Hurts over Russell Wilson? Yes. For today? Yes. Yes. Not Super Bowl Russell. Not Seattle's Russell. Today, Russell. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I would. Okay. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Geno Smith today? Yes. Yep. I'm not. A, I, I give Geno props for resurrecting his career. I'm not a big Geno Smith fan. I'm not. I don't. I don't believe in him. Yeah. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Tua Tagovailoa today? This is a tough question. I know it is. Um, this might be the hardest one. The high, the guy had a great year, but I sort of believe a little bit, and this may be even a Mike McDaniel's McDaniel thing than more than it is too. But I, I think that whole thing is sort of built on like a house of cards. Like mm-hmm. if you if you play them right defensively, they don't like they're a great front running team to to roll things up on bad defenses. But when it gets real, they don't they don't play that well. I look at the way Tua played in that playoff game. Um, I'm going to go Hurts. Okay. I'm going to go Hurts. Uh, not convincingly. Uh, not with a lot of conviction. Yeah, not, not staggering, but yeah. he, edges, he edges him a little bit. And, and and good point by Bleed Green. The concussion history is too risky. Um, and, and, and I'm glad to see the guy got through the year clean, too. Let me just say yeah, that. Yeah, same here. Um, but I would I would worry about that as we move forward. So, yeah. yeah. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Derek Carr? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. 100%. I am not. I I think Derek Carr is a, a notch above mediocre. He's okay. He's a numbers accumulator. I'm mm-hmm. not a big fan. Not a big fan. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy today? No. No. I'm taking Purdy. I respect you for I respect you for saying no. Because say what you want about Brock Purdy, he's operating at a high level in that offense. Yeah, he is. And you got to give is. credit where credit is due. We can nitpick who's responsible, but the bottom line is he has to throw the ball, drop back, make the checks at the line of scrimmage, move in that pocket. Yeah. He's doing his job. He is. He is. So and we can't you can't just say he has weapons because Jalen had two thousand yard receivers and a thousand yard runner. He had weapons too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll take Purdy. Yep. Now we can debate the whole coaching thing, but overall, yeah, man, you got to go. You got to go, Purdy. Dude, good. Uh, or if you, I'm sorry, if you have more, go ahead. But this is um, this is fun. I have a few more. Go ahead. Th- these are kind of easy though. So, would you take Jalen Hurts over Sam Howell today? Yes, I would. I would. I I don't. I think I think ultimately Sam Howell is going to be a backup in the league. I I think that. I think he's going to be Washington's backup and maybe ends up going somewhere else eventually, but I don't think he's a starter. He put up, he had his moments, but no, I'm taking Jalen all day. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Justin Fields today? Yes, today I would. That could change next year. Jalen, uh, Justin Fields came on, um, and he may need to change the scenery in Chicago. Uh, he ends up somewhere else. I'm very curious. I, I kind of like Justin Fields. But I, right now, I would still take Jalen. But I, I kind of like 
Justin Fields. I think he needs a shot, you know, next year, either with more weapons in Chicago or elsewhere. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Bryce Young today? Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I kind of feel bad for that guy. I, okay. I, I, it looks, it looks really bad. It looked really bad this past year. In, okay. In, in Carolina, but yeah, I'll take Jalen. All Jaylen right, and last but not least, Anthony Richardson. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Anthony Richardson today? Um, I'm going to say yes, only because I didn't get a full body of work from Richardson to know enough of what he is. Had he played mm-hmm. the whole 17 games, I, then I, I could I could maybe make a case for him, but because he didn't, I'm taking Jalen. All right, bo- all right, bonus round. Right. Are you taking Jalen Hurts over Jalen Hurts? So I'm just kidding. All right. Uh. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. I was good, oh, man. Okay. That, was, that was good, Tom. I like it. I like that segment uh, all together. That was, that was because because it, it, it forces you to put things in perspective a bit with your guy, right? Yeah, it and does. also it show it shows you where we once saw. It kind of gives you a sense of where we once saw him mm-hmm. and where he is. So it is it is interesting for sure. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's hit it. Let's come back, um, and we will dig into everything NFL wise because there's a lot going on here, and we'll circle back to. Something we haven't devoted a ton of time to is Mike McCarthy going back to Dallas. So let, let's get into that when we come back. There's a bunch of other stuff that we will we will dive into. So don't go anywhere. That's Tony Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Flynn Tree Services. They are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you might face, and they are experts at trimming all types of trees, uh, and they service southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Uh, Flint Tree Services uh, is, uh, to me, as good as they get in the business. And you go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or to check out a sampling of their work. Give them a call, 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at flinttreeservices.com. That's flinttreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back on this Day. Appreciate everybody uh, joining us today. Uh, let's hit the like button if we could. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take. All right, Tone. So let, let's circle back to this because we we sort of we hit it a little bit with Rob Motti and we we, we sort of glossed on it uh, for a minute earlier in the show. But I know I was shocked that Jerry Jones brought Mike McCarthy back. Um, I thought. Were you really? Yeah, I was. I was in the sense hmm. that I know we kept Jason Garrett around forever, which was laughable i know we want somebody he can control and i i think he feels like he can control mccarthy but i felt like after he said this one hurt more than any uh, adding in his age, i think he's 81 now whatever he is adding in his age i i thought considering some of the names that were out there that he was going to pull the trigger um i'm pleasantly surprised but i i did i thought he was going to move on you thought he would be back yeah i felt like he would um the quarterback had his best year of his career, um, that offense was was as efficient as we've as we've ever as we've, as we've ever seen it. Um, the playoff game obviously was abysmal, and you definitely don't want to go out like that on your home turf. Um, but they won twelve games, and actually, it's funny over the past three years they've gone. This is makes them more remarkable. Past three years they've gone twelve and five each and every time. Twelve and five, twelve and five, twelve and five. So I think we're beginning to see what the what the cap is in terms of the wins per year. I think they're they're they're, they're a legitimate twelve win team every single year under Mike McCarthy. So you're always going to be in a position to make the playoffs. I don't think he's the issue. I feel like their problems existed before him. So to fire a guy for problems that have haunted you over the past twenty five years is insane to me. So um, again, with the quarterback having the year that he had under him, we've never seen Dak as comfortable as we've seen him in the NFL. Why would you fire him? Well, because we saw the same problems in the playoffs. Like that he was exi- great during the regular season, no doubt. Right. But so you look at it as because he can't take them over the top. Yeah, he can only take you so far. But so far, we've so far has been proven that no one can take Dallas to that point because they 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 have an organizational issue, mm-hmm. right? So that's why I feel like McCarthy isn't. I'm not looking at McCarthy to save the Cowboys. The Cowboys have to save themselves. I feel like he again. When I see a, a quarterback have the best year he's ever had under this guy, when, when he's calling the plays, I, it's hard. It's hard for me to just turn my nose at that. I understand people have their opinions about Mike McCarthy, and I'm sure he has his limitations as well. But I don't know, man. I just I I, I didn't think he would be fired. I feel like firing McCarthy would be 
cutting your, cutting your nose to spite your face. Where well, do you I go? just think ultimately, as long as Jerry owns them, they're not going anywhere. As long as right. he's meddling and wears the title of GM and all that, they're not going anywhere. Right. You know, and and I'm not telling it's you. Hard to win the there. It's hard to win there when you have someone when you have your owner doing radio hits every day, every other day. It's hard to win there when the the, the pressure is constantly being mounted and mounted every single day. It's hard to win there. So I just can't. I can't look at my look at McCarthy and saying, "Oh yeah, he can fix this." Right. He can't. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. So beyond that, uh, speaking of Dallas, Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. Their uh, defensive coordinator is interviewed today. Is interviewing today with Washington and Seattle, and then tomorrow with the Chargers. So, you know, he look he's done a really good job there. But boy, he's coming off a disaster. He's coming off a disaster. And and to to Barb Carroll, uh, I know Jerry has three Super Bowls. Well aware, Jerry hasn't won a Super Bowl in twenty eight years. So the three Super Bowls might as well have been, you know, from the Vince Lombardi age. It's been a long time. Um, so that's why I say now, and the reality is when you've gone almost 30 years without winning one, you're not winning one as long as he's the, the, the coach or the, the owner and the GM. Yeah. Um, but that'd be interesting to see what happens with Dan Quinn. If he, if he rolls, I know he wants to be a head coach for sure. Dan, the, the Dan Quinn situation is interesting because that playoff game against the, um, Packers definitely hurt his case. Um, and, and I, I would assume in a lot of people's eyes, also his chart record in Atlanta wasn't the best. As a matter of fact, let me make sure. Um, well, he got to one. He did get to one, and and they they fell apart and choked it away. And remarkable right, passion. right, which which is borderline unforgivable. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, he was the head coach in Atlanta from 2015 to 2020, and under his leadership, only have two winning seasons mm-hmm. out of five years. He has one 500 season. He has two seasons under five. Actually, he has one. He has two winning seasons, one 500 season, and three losing seasons because they fired him midseason in 2020. That's right. So I mean, his second his second stint as a head coach. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see if he learns some things. Yeah. But um, you know, I'm not enthused about Dan Quinn being my my head coach. I love him as my DC though. I love it when he's focused on one thing. But some guys are just yeah. He's just you know how it is. Certain guys are great assistant coaches. They're just great, and they're they're cut out for it. Some aren't, you know. So yep, simple uh, as that. Head coaches. Um, so the Ravens, uh, uh, interesting move. They have uh, activated Dalvin Cook uh, to the roster. They waived Melvin Gordon. So um, you know, Dalvin Cook could be in a very interesting position here if he gets opportunities. You know, oh, it was a mess yeah. with the Jets, but yeah, this could be something. Most definitely. I think it's going to be – I don't care to see what that combination looks like with Dalvin Cook and Lamar Jackson uh, with OBJ and Zay Flowers. I'm really curious to see what, what that offense looks like um, with Dalvin Cook. Him, him him being with the Jets didn't even feel right when it happened. So Yeah, yeah um, that whole thing was a – It was a mess from top to bottom, so I can't even look at him and say, oh, he lost a step. Well, they, I don't feel like they used him that much, and when they did, he didn't have a chance to really build momentum. He's a volume runner, so the more runs you give him, the more the more dangerous he becomes. So, yeah. uh, I'm curious to see how this thing goes. You know, uh, the Ravens they like to run the ball. He's in the right place. Yep, he sure is. All right, this has been a fun little back and forth. Have you seen this Baker Mayfield CJGJ uh, little? Little tussle. Oh yeah, you were. Oh yeah, you you were telling me about uh, that. Uh, fill, fill me in on, on the uh, on the kerfuffle. Fill me okay. in. Okay, 
so it all started. So CJGJ, um, when asked about preparing for the Rams last week, CJGJ said the to the Detroit Free Press, this group probably is one of the better groups um, we've done faced all year besides that Tampa group. Uh, if you give that Tampa group a good quarterback, that's a great group. Evans, Godwin, Russell Gage, that's a great that group. That is hilarious. All right, so he took a little shot, right? If they if they gave him a great quarterback, they'd be good, meaning Mayfield's not. So here's the problem. He threw Russell Gage in there. Russell Gage isn't a buck. Yeah, he so, hasn't been there for a couple years, right? Yeah. Mayfield responded by saying Wednesday, I don't think he's really watched film because he mentioned Russell Gage. We love Russell, but Russell hasn't played a snap for us all year. So, you know, it, it's kind of gone back and forth, back and forth. Um, That's funny. With these two, and yeah, said, I mean, and Baker, and Baker ain't scared. Big, no, no, big, big, Baker talks trash. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's when he's at his best. Yeah, he'll he'll reply. I mean, that there's no doubt. We know CJ GJ's never gonna lose for words either. So this mm-hmm. thing, yeah, this thing could 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 get interesting. I um, I guess it's probably the game I'm least excited for. Would you of the four games? If you had to rank them, so here's your order: Houston, Baltimore. Green Bay, San Fran, Tampa, Detroit, and Kansas City and Buffalo. Uh, if I had to rank them from box most excited office, to least, yeah, most excited yeah, mo- for least, excited most excited for. to least excited for. <clears throat> uh, Kansas City, Buffalo is number one. Um, Mahomes and Allen—that's the new Brady, yeah, Manning, Manning or whoever, thing. yeah, whoever right. you're throwing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I put Buffalo and Kansas City at the top. And then second, I put Baltimore-Houston. Mm. I'm really curious to see C.J. Stroud face off with Lamar Jackson. Um, will Lamar Jackson be knocked out of the playoffs by a rookie? Will a rookie take the Houston Texans to the AFC Championship? The, 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 this, the, this is the, the, the storylines here, right? Yeah. Um, And then after that, I go – San Fran, Green Bay, because I'm curious to know if Brock Purdy can deliver in the playoffs if you know when healthy. You know, um, yeah, I, he he has some playoff ones under the belt. Look at it twisted, but I'm curious to know if he if if he can deliver. Um, they're going to be home, but Green Bay looks like a team that doesn't know how good they are, and they don't care how bad you think they are. Mm-hmm. They you know they just seem like they're confident. They beat Dallas on the road in their home turf. Um, it's hard to just look at them as as food for San Fran. Food. Um, so, so yeah, uh, and then Tampa Bay, Detroit's last. So, yeah, I would go. Uh, uh, go ahead, give me your order again. Go ahead, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, 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 Buffalo, Kansas, so Buffalo versus Kansas City, that's number one. Mm-hmm. Baltimore versus Houston, that's two. Uh, San Fran versus Green Bay, that's three. And Detroit versus Tampa Bay is last at four. I'm similar. I would only flip your two and three. I, I would definitely go Kansas City. Buffalo is, is the one I'm most excited about. Uh, number two for me is is actually Green Bay and San Fran. I'm really? curious. If, yeah, here's why. I want to see if that that Green Bay team is still ignorance is bliss. You know, yeah. they don't know what they don't know, and I want to see them roll in there and have that same attitude against San Fran, and if they do carry that same attitude against San Fran. So I'm going to take that number two. Uh, I agree with your, you know, I, I'm going to go third with the with the Cleveland or uh, with the Houston uh, Baltimore game because I want to see think, Stroud. You don't think that's more intriguing 
the Baltimore Texas you don't think that's more intriguing than the 49ers in Green Bay with the no, rookie versus I, the versus the quarterback who who struggled to get that second playoff win you know uh, the potential uh, the, the potential MVP uh can this you know can this rookie take the Texans from being a five-win team to an AFC championship like it's D'Amico Ryan's first year head coach and I am interested I am it's, it's pretty it's close so many so many storylines attached to that yeah there is there is and that's and that's fair but I want to see I want to see the Green Bay team that showed up last week in Dallas and just said, bring it. We, we are going to come in and put a whoop ass on you. I want to see if God would that be glorious so they can knock San Fran out, man. Oh, that would make me feel good. Oh, don't get it twisted. That the me team, feel good. All right, let, let's do that for a minute. Team it'll make would, the, it'll make this season bearable. Team because, you most want to see lose. It's not even close, right? It's San oh, Fran. Oh, it's San Fran. It's not even close. It's not even close. Not even okay. close. Okay, fair enough. Uh, all right. Beyond that. Um, Jared Mayo, uh, who was hired as the Patriots, uh, actually introduced to the Patriots coach yesterday, said he wants a more collaborative culture with the Patriots. He said he understood everything kind of ran through Belichick, and Belichick is Belichick. He said, but I'm a first-year head coach. I know I got a lot to learn. I got a lot on my plate. I want to work in conjunction with my GM, with my scouts, with everybody, so we get this thing done right. I, li- I like that. I like what he was, uh, he hey, was listen, putting out there he's, yesterday. He, he's entering this um, on the right footing. He's within. He's one. Uh, he's he's within a stellar organization that cares about winning. So you know you. So you know you're going to get the um the ultimate support. He's been groomed for this moment. Uh, you won a Super Bowl with that team, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He won one. Mm-hmm. So, so Jeremiah, um, has he has tread in that organization. He has equity. Um, it, the Patriots couldn't have put themselves in a better situation. If things work out, you got your head coach for. God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Elsewhere, Derrick Henry said all he wants is a shot to win a Super Bowl. Basically, you know, the gist of it is once they moved on from Vrabel, he felt like there were going to be major changes, and he he views mm-hmm. it as he's probably out of there as well, which I don't disagree with. I had to look at the cap ramifications, but he said, you know, he's he's – He's rushed for 2,000 yards. He's won rushing titles. He wants to win a Super Bowl before it's over for him, and he believes he has a ton left in the tank. Um, I like it'll it. Ne- it'll never happen. Can you imagine how the city of Philadelphia would embrace a Derrick Henry? We'd oh, lose our man. minds. We'd lose our minds. Oh, We'd lose our minds, man. Forget it. Yeah, he was he 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 was actually on the table. I think this season between Ravens and and uh, yeah, Eagles during there. the year, you're right. Yeah, and they uh, I, I think I think the um Titans blocked it, or I guess they felt like they owed him more than just trading him and letting him choose his own destiny. You know, um, I don't know, but we we definitely could have used them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so he's available. Uh, Mike Tomlin says that he expects there will be a contract done for him shortly. Uh, he's not worried about that part of it. The other interesting thing that he said was they go into the, as of now, Pickett's the number one. So oh, really? To... <laughs> you were in the playoff game and he was healthy. <laughs> and Mason Rudolph. And he's, he's, the, he, he's the number one, really. Yeah. We're so, supposed to believe that. Yeah, as he was saying it, his nose was was growing. No, but uh, – I, I'm with you. There is no prayer Kenny Pickett starts the year as their starting quarterback. He may be there as a backup, but he will not be the starting I agree with you. He he also said, this is when you know it's BS, Two-Tone. I like a lot of his intangibles. Intangibles. What he brings to the table. Okay. Rob. 
Come on, the intangibles. Yes. And, and Tony, he, did you know he's got a great personality while we're at it? You know what? Sounds sounds like a chick that uh yes. I know and sounds like a chick I know in high school. Yeah, yeah, right. you know, you know, she her personality is awesome and you know she dresses smart. well and she's smart, she cares, you know, she you know, she she works in the soup kitchen, yeah. but man, she's kind of fugly. Yeah, well, no, you, know? you don't you leave all that out when you're throwing all that that first part out. That doesn't then you follow up with like, do you have a picture? Oh, uh, no, I don't oh, have no, no, Listen, don't worry about it. Listen, I'm going to set it up, but no, yeah, yeah, but do you have a good. picture? You'll, yeah, yeah, it's all good. You'll, you'll like her, but do you have yeah. a picture? No, no you'll she, like her. Don't worry about it. have a blue shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you see her at the, uh, at the club. Kenny Pickett is trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I don't talk like that about athletes. Yeah. I don't use trash loosely. I just don't, I don't think he's a starter. I think he's not he'll, good. He'll stick around for 10 years as a backup. That's what he'll do. He's not good. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. I pay attention to your actions. Yeah. You didn't even start in the playoff game. He's right. finito. He's done. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, Reba McIntyre, who I know is your favorite, will be the uh, I love Reba Super Bowl Fifty Eight uh, this year in uh, in Vegas. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I know who Reba is. I couldn't, I couldn't give you a lot of her their history. I know she's an I'm actress. a survivor. I is love Reba. Yeah, listen, um. I, I listen. I don't care what anyone says. Judge me all you want. I watched Reba that show, that okay. sitcom. I okay. watched Reba religiously. All I right. felt like that show was hilarious. Nice. Her son-in-law Van in that yeah, show, good. hilarious. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Her her ex husband, hilarious. You know his Judge. new wife, Barbara Jean, hilarious. I love it, man, I see. I that's why you're. I you. I never know what I'm getting from you, man. It's beautiful. I love that. I do. Yeah. I love that. I'm a wild card, man. Listen, you are. You are. You're not predictable. I love that. Um, I love that sitcom Reba. The I'm a survivor. Uh, <laughs> Mickey Loomis uh backs uh Derek Carr and and Dennis Allen. I, I feel like New Orleans is the ultimate just we're gonna we're gonna have the same conversation in a year. Like, what are you doing? New Orleans? <laughs> yeah, why why did you keep Dennis Allen around? Derek Carr is gonna have some games where you're like, oh, nice throw, and ultimately it's not gonna be enough. It seems like the Saints are they're they're just stuck. It's like, it's like they're living in the upside down. Yeah. And what I mean by that, it just seems like they're just in this isolated pocket away from time, away from everyone else, and they don't know what's really going on around them. Right. And the reality is you guys are all behind the eight ball. <laughs> Get rid of this guy. Yeah. Clearly, he's not the guy. I, Not the I, I guy, man. I, like I, if I'm a New Orleans fan, I'm like, oh god, man, this is what we're rolling into. You know, basically everything, running it back. You know, essentially, I don't know, man. Just, just not acceptable. Even, even a little bit uh, right. from them. Bill Belichick will have his second interview with the Falcons apparently this weekend. Tone. So he's um, getting that job. It feels getting, that way. Yeah, he's getting that job. If he wants to keep coaching, right? I mean. I don't know that there's any other spots really. I, yeah, it that, seems like the Chargers are going to be hardball, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Also, I think there's a misconception out there about um, Belichick too. A lot of people think with him comes like he wants to be a GM, must do that. And I don't think that's where he is anymore. I think he's in a place where yeah, he wants input, but I don't think he wants to be pushing the buttons all the time. I think he wants to take a little less of his plate, really focus more on coaching, and kind of have a smooth sailing into retirement. Yeah, you know that, you know, that that's just my opinion. Though maybe people feel differently. Maybe people go, have sources. Go the that Andy Reid route and just let the coach. 
You know? Exactly. Exactly. Again, they're going to obviously incorporate his input, but I don't think he wants to be the the the, the button pusher for for that anymore for yeah. personnel. No, I I think you could be right there. Um. All right. So a couple others. Uh, the Bears will interview Zach Robinson for their offensive coordinator position. Um. Mm. He's a he's a McVay guy. He joined McVay staff in L.A. as an assistant assistant quarterbacks coach. In 2019, 2020, he worked with receivers, and then he went into his current role uh, with the Rams. He's an offensive uh, assistant uh, there, so he could be he could be headed to the Bears. They, look, I don't know, you know, what ends up happening there with them. I, a lot of it's going to be: do you keep Justin Fields or do you, you know, draft a guy or whatever? Mm-hmm. But they they certainly need to upgrade whomever is in charge there of that offense. It's not been good enough uh, for them for a while now. Yeah, yeah. Look at so many names that's going to be available. And that's why I look. I can't help but think about the Philadelphia Eagles in this regard. You gotta listen. Sometimes the grass ain't always greener, and you better you you better make sure whatever decision you make, you can live with it. Mm-hmm. It's just like all the all these other organizations that gotta make some real decisions. You better make sure you can live with it. Um, and it goes even further for these organizations that are paying big money to the quarterback position. You better get it right because you're gonna waste a lot of money and a lot of time. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears to be wasted if you don't get this thing right. So Yeah. Yep. Uh, and that's where I wonder, too. Like, I know people are looking at the Belichick thing, and they're saying, why would he go to Atlanta with Desmond Ritter and an unknown quarterback situation? Maybe he knows something we don't know. Now, either they're going to draft somebody or trade for somebody. They're drafting a quarterback. There's yeah. no way. There's no way he's going there without them drafting a quarterback. Yeah. He, he's been uh, through the last few years of this with, you know, the Mac Jones-level quarterbacks, and that ain't cutting it. Let's see where the, uh, they are in terms of draft order. So as of right now, Atlanta has the eighth overall pick. I think they're drafting a quarterback. Yeah, and 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 sitting at eight, you can move up. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting at eight, you can get to like if you like somebody, say you like the second or third guy, you can get to like five. Yep. You know, without without an you know an arm and a leg, you can get up there and do that. You know, absolutely. Say if you absolutely. you know say it goes, but here's the other part. Chicago may very well, if they believe in Justin Fields, be a willing trade partner with you. Ooh. You get up and get number one, man. You and love Caleb, Caleb Williams that much? Caleb, Caleb Williams? I'm just saying. You know, all of a sudden. Oh, I didn't think about that. A lot I changes think, for you. I, I didn't think about Atlanta trading with Chicago. So anything can happen there if that's the way it goes. That's why I think people are short-sighted saying, well, why would Belichick go there? He doesn't have a quarterback. Ooh, yeah, there's be, more to it. Be careful that. because Chicago may say, okay, all right, you, you, you want this pick? All right, give us Kyle Pitts. <laughs> or give us this – they're going to ask for a just hall. picks, yeah, you, you might go first they, now. They, they're going to ask for – they're going to ask for a hall no, for sure. Yeah, yeah you're going to have um, to give Because Chica- I think Chicago is going to stick with Justin Fields. I could, I could be wrong, though. But mm-hmm. if I was them, I would stick with him. Uh, Jim, uh, John Harbaugh was asked about Jim Harbaugh's future plans. And he said at the end, he's going to do whatever is best for him and his family. He loves Michigan, but he also loves the NFL. I don't think there's any way he's going back to Michigan. Who's older, Jim or John? I think John is slightly older. Hmm. Uh, Let's see that. Let's see that. Uh, All right. John, who was a longtime Eagles assistant before he went to. Baltimore. All right. John was born in 62. Wow. He looks good for, for 61 years old. John. Uh, John. Yeah. And that's the Ravens one. That's the Ravens. Jim. I'm I, Jim's definitely younger than that. 
Jim was born in 63. Wow, they're close in age, man. They're a year apart. Also a year apart? Oh, okay. John's a year older. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So they're close. They're close in age. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. We're going to hit a bunch of other things. Some NBA stuff, some Flyers stuff, some Philly stuff. Always circle it back to the Eagles as well as we roll into the final segment of the program. Don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back. Yes, we are. Final segment of the program. Tone and Rob hanging out with you. Sports take. All right, Tone. So let's hit a couple things here. Uh, this, sad note. Um, Warriors assistant coach, um, Dejan uh, Milojevic, 
passed away. He was 46 years old. He died suddenly at a, at a team function. Uh, he was a Serbian. Um, he was a guy who was a real mentor to Nikola Jokic. He, he did a lot to help his career. Wow. Um, he, he was a, he was a massive, like a big time fixture. Like he was a great player back in the day for Serbia, for the national team and their leagues over there, and then became a coach. The Warriors brought him over a few years ago, and he really helped a lot of their guys and a lot of their bigs. And uh, you know, Steve Kerr was a huge fan of him, so he they they actually canceled their games uh, coming up because it was they're all devastated right now. So very very tough. Wow, man, it. that's um that's uh, that's unfortunate, man. Um, they say it was it was a heart attack. Is that what they were saying? Yeah, for, that's what they think. Forty six years old, just suddenly went yeah. you know listen everybody get regular checkups you know and then you know stay on top of your health do whatever you can yeah to be on the right side of things man um some things are genetic some things you can't avoid um but whatever you can avoid just do, do the best you can to make sure you're constantly monitoring uh you know the state of your health man um health is wealth so yeah, um, it is. My, my, my condolences to the to his family to the organization it's a sad time over there Yep. No question about it. Yeah. Uh, very, very tough. All right. So um, basketball, uh, otherwise, you know, just a segue out of that. Um, the Sixers play tomorrow night. Uh, they will take on the Magic. And it uh, looks as of right now, like Embiid's going to be able to go. Uh, still no DeAnthony Melton, but um, Sixers coming off a good win the other day off of Denver, uh, beating Denver. They've won, t- you know, they, they won on Monday as well. So they've already won two this week. Uh, and they will play at Orlando. Orlando is one of those teams this year that came out of the gates pretty strong, um, you know, and surprised a lot of people. They've fallen back to earth a little bit now. They're the they would be the eight seed right now. Uh, the Sixers right now would be the three seed at twenty six and thirteen. The only two teams with better records in the East are the Celtics and and the Bucks. Um, following the Sixers, it is the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Heat. You know, this is sort of setting up, frankly, exactly the way we thought, right? Boston, Milwaukee, the Sixers, Cavaliers are better, Knicks are better, Mm -hmm. uh, Miami, you never count them out. So it it does sort of feel like exactly what we thought it was going to be, you know, frankly. Yeah, definitely. It's funny because there was a point when the Magic was up there in the top four seeds, you know, they they definitely came back down to earth for sure. Um, As of right now, with with, with the standings, instead of the way they are, the seating, Sixers will end up playing Miami Heat in the first round. How do you feel about that matchup? How do you feel about that matchup? <laughs> I today? don't like it. I don't like it. Hmm. I don't like it. I because Miami is a playoff tested tough team. I like where the Sixers are in general. I would prefer not to have to deal with the Heat in the first round. So, what's your preferred matchup for them in the first round? Because it like if everything stands pat, it's likely to be either the Knicks. Could be the Cavs. Could be the Pacers. Could be the Pacers. I take the Magic or the Bulls. Um, Pacers are very interesting now with Siakam. The Knicks are a different team with uh, Ananobi now. Um, but, yeah, give me the Magic, who they play tomorrow. Give me the Bulls. Give me the Hawks. Uh, give me the Nets, if they can make a little bit of a run. Any of those mm-hmm. teams. The Nets have lost ten of not, uh, 9 of 10. They, yeah, yeah, they're in, they're, they they're in, a, rough, they're in a rough spot. Um and the Pacers, yeah, I think uh, Pacers they, are dangerous. They had to see Yakum. That's what I'm saying. They're 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 dangerous, man. Yeah. So it's, it's a good it's a good thought, right? Who would who would we rather play? Mm-hmm. Um, um. Hmm. 
I think I'd rather play. It's something about the Knicks I don't trust. But Jalen Bronson is different. He's unbelievable. I don't trust Jalen. I don't trust Julius Randle at all. No, I, feel I don't like they have limitations. In the big spot. No. Yeah, I feel like they have limitations. Mm, I don't know. It's tough right now. But if, if I, I, I probably would probably choose uh, uh, the Knicks or something. Knicks or Magic, obviously. Yeah. All right. Let's, but the Sixers, uh, though, they're in a good spot. Mercy, they're. You know what? This is this is part for the had course. A really man. good start to the season. They really have. Yeah, it's man. part for the course. It's always Celtics, Bucks, Sixers in the top three. Always has been yeah. for the past like what four years, five yep. years, something like that. I'll tell you this about Milwaukee. I, I don't love their defense. Um, I, I, I wonder unless they make a move to improve themselves defensively, if that doesn't doesn't bite them in the playoffs. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. They're, they have a lot of talent, and they can score the ball. Uh, there's no denying that. But I wonder they about – gave up a lot to get Dane. They gave up a lot, and they sacrificed defense. They did. They did, that's for sure. Uh, Flyers are hosting the Stars tonight. The Flyers, it, it's crazy to when you look at the standings here. Uh, the Flyers are currently in second place in the Metropolitan Division of the Eastern Conference. They're uh, four points behind the Rangers, but they're 24-14 – and six right now, um, and off to mm. a great start. They've got an excellent goaltending. Uh, a lot of players like Travis Konechny have really stepped up. So it's uh, you know they just keep doing their thing. And Who would have thought they'd be the fourth seed? Not me. Not me, man. Mm-mm, not at all. Uh, they get a Dallas team tonight that has fifty-seven points. So they they they're a good team too. But they've been beating good teams out you know in the West. So we'll uh, see what happens there with the Flyers. Here's the one thing about them. That we got, we got to monitor, you know, out of all the, you know, out of all the, um, I think out of the top eight seeds, they have the lowest, um, goal differential, yeah, with a uh, with a plus ten. A now, lot granted, of tight games, a lot of overtime games, shootouts. Right, yeah. right, right. Now, granted, you know, Detroit, Toronto, they're right there with plus plus twelve, but when you look at the the Panthers, the Florida Panthers, the New York Rangers, mm-hmm. Boston Bruins, their point differential is, or or goal differential is astronomical. So. Um. Yeah, man. The Flyers. If they get into the playoffs, they're going to they're, they're going to be a rough, a rough go. Yes. They may not win the series, but we talked about this before. They're going to be a team that you're just gonna they're gonna wear you down. Mm-hmm. Don't think you're winning the Stanley Cup after you play a series against the Flyers. Don't. Well, think that's that. yeah. And the thing that I think the other thing to monitor with the Flyers is because they're all gas, no breaks. Like what? It, what's it going to look like late in the year? How much? Even these young cats can they hold up here? You know, with the with the way they have to play every night, like they have to. It's got to be max effort every second. Whereas a team with that's super skilled may not have to be as, you know, go as hard as they have to go. Uh, all right, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you were locked in on this tone, but uh, the Australian Open, Daniil Medvedev against Emil Rusevuaro, <laughs> both of your favorites. Uh, their match. Went three six six seven six four seven six six zero. It lasted four hours and twenty three minutes in the second round of the Australian Open and ended at three thirty nine a.m. local time. Oh, excuse me, sorry. I almost said. <laughs> I almost said f that. Like what? Can you imagine four hours? Dude, four twenty three. You you, you played tennis for that long. Uh uh. Yeah, Medvedev Medvedev won, but what's he going to look like in his next match after going through that torture chamber? Cancel all my appointments for the following day. Yeah. 
I'm with you. Cancel all my appointments. I I I couldn't be more with you, man. That was a that I'm was cool. a, a long <clears throat> one. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good off that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, according to Tim McManus, uh, Nick Sirianni, according to reports, is both looking at coordinators and awaiting a meeting with Jeffrey Lurie about the new Eagles vision. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. Uh, let me give you a couple. Jeffrey other Lurie things. is in St. Martin, like like he like he's in the mob or something, just like just sitting there, probably on the beach, just. Just sitting there thinking to himself, like a mafioso, just, you know, I invite you to my daughter's wedding, Nick. <laughs> and this is what you give me. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, it just, this is, this is gearing up. So, wait, are they going to have the meeting in St. Martin? Or is, or is he going to fly back? I, like, I'm get. I don't know. That's a great question, man. Like, that's got to be pretty intimidating if Nick's flying out to St. Martin and he's he's rolling onto the yacht, like, looking around, like, oh, my God. Right. What is this? He, pull, he pulls up in the damn flower button up, a flower shirt. Yeah, it's right. Like, it's a little goofy ass. I don't know, yeah. man. It's, it's, it's going to be funny. This is this, this is insane. You know, uh, I, I understand this is a turbulent time for the city, obviously, with the Eagles. I totally understand it. But this kind of stuff intrigues me to beyond belief. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm glued. I'm with you. Uh, all right. Let me give you this one. So, uh, according to Adam Schefter, Cliff Kingsbury, former Cardinals head coach, he's been working as a senior offensive analyst and quarterbacks coach at USC. He's expected to interview for the Bears offensive coordinator position. Here's why this is interesting. Cliff Dingleberry. Okay. Right, but here's why it's interesting. He's been working this past year with Caleb Williams. You know who has the first overall pick? Oh. Chicago Bears do. So if Kingsbury's hired, does that I, is that a I was going to say, in my opinion, it is. If he gets that job, they're they're trading Justin Fields. Yeah. If he gets that job, they're trading. Right. Watch. So keep keep just that in, just keep that one in mind, you know, people. That that, that mm-hmm. that's the way. How'd you goes. snag that? That was the that was a that's a that's, that's some that's some. No, I'm not taking I'm not taking pro, I'm not taking any credit for it. That was a okay. uh, that was Schefter tying those two things together. I'm not taking uh, any credit. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, but I, well, I think should, too, well, you should. Like, I should. It was all me. It was all me. As a matter of fact, no, um, no. I, I think that that's uh, that could be a really interesting choice, and I wonder if Atlanta makes a play for Fields if that's the case. Yeah. Wonder if it's Atlanta that goes after him. Now, in all fairness, Caleb Williams did fall off toward the end. He did. So, some some even question if he's the first quarterback on the board. I still think he will be, but some do question that. Right. So, how valuable is Cliff? Queensberry, how I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's something to watch though. But if they do make that move, I think they, if they do bring in Cliff Cliff Kingsbury, I think they definitely uh, are trading fields and drafting <laughs> um, Caleb Caleb Williams. It could definitely have that feel for it. All right, circling back to where we were off the top of the show with Nick Sirianni, we don't know anything right now, and, and essentially his status. Is is up to how the meeting goes with Jeffrey Lurie. I, I I would imagine somehow some way tone they're getting that thing done today. Either either Sirianni's going to St. Martin or Jeffrey's coming in from St. Martin or whatever. You're not you can't let this linger because you there's too many things that you have to do. Do you think he would? Do you think he would? He would have that man fly. All right, I'll put you this way, right? If Jeffrey Lurie flies him out, he's keeping him. If he makes Nick pay for his own flight, he's firing him. <laughs> or 
if he's got to come off of his trip and come home, that may not help Nick. I don't know. Mm. Um, I tell you the truth, man, this is business. So even if he flies him out, Jeffrey will fly him back on his own dime, but he ain't afraid to fire him if that's the case. Here's if he yeah, doesn't man. hear what he likes, bye bye. Yeah, and Jeffrey loves him some Jalen. So if if uh that's if, correct. And Jeffrey just got a got a $250 million check to Jalen, too. So he loves he loves Jalen. You should yeah. whatever he talks about, he glows up. Mm-hmm. So uh I don't I don't think it's as I don't think it's as simple as some think it is. We may we, they may shock us. You never know. Stranger things have happened in this league. Yeah, I mean, you just go back to the history. I you, look, it was only three years ago. Mm-hmm. We all thought Doug was safe. We all thought there'd be new coaches there. They'll change some things up. They may have to move on from Wentz, but Doug's going to be safe. The guy won a Super Bowl. Right. When when Lurie and, and Howie make up their mind, man, nothing's guaranteed. I can tell you that nothing is guaranteed. So he very, yeah. very well could change. Yeah, I appreciate Rob Mighty for coming on earlier and his transparency and how he views the situation. Um, he eloquently laid out Harry Roseman's dynamic and who he had, who he is, and who he has been. And obviously, you know, he doesn't want to rock the boat, but the way he laid it out made it very clear. Harry Roseman is a master self-preservationist. Yes. He knows how to manipulate a situation so he so he ends up on the right side of things. They've masterfully um navigated their PR for for many years. This year has been kind of up and down obviously for obvious reasons, but Nick um Harry Roseman is a master of trying to control the narrative. True. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know I I don't know how I feel about a guy like that that's so concerned with his image instead of concerned with whether or not he's putting the right people in position. Yeah. You know, that makes me nervous. Um, I do believe Harvey Roseman, I do believe he has an ego. I do believe ego prevented him and Doug from making amends. Um, I do believe he's insecure about his position and believes that it could be taken from him on the drop of a hat and he will do anything, even if it's at the expense of even even if it's at the expense of the organization, he will do anything to keep himself in the good graces. Um and look, I may be saying some things that may <laughs> that may stop me from having opportunities. You never know. But the but, but the reality is, uh, Howard Roseman has masterfully um, constructed an constructed an ecosystem that sure. benefits him and only him. Yeah, uh, well, we're out of time, man. Uh, so we'll see where this goes, uh, and we'll be back at it tomorrow at the same time uh, to to continue to give you as much as we can, update wise. Because there's a lot of ground to cover. We do we, right now. It's hanging in the balance whether or not Nick Sirianni is going to be back as the Eagles head coach. All right, thanks to everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Don't go anywhere. Great show, national- my friend. I appreciate yeah. you. Great show. Awesome job, Tone, as always. And I, I can't wait to roll tomorrow with you. Uh, yes, don't go anywhere because we have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio and Tone as well. So listen, everybody, uh, be safe out there. You got some bad weather in your area. We're supposed to get more snow in our area tomorrow, so be safe out there. Yeah. Quick question: How bad? Because I got some. I got some. Uh, so, so here in two to four. Out. Right now, here in two to four. Is yeah, that enough? That, to, is that enough to stop a plane? In your opinion. Uh, I don't think so as long as it's not crazy windy and I don't know what the wind is going to be. You got your folks yeah. are coming out tomorrow. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, uh, what time? I guess I'm trying to figure out, um, their flight is in, is, is in the evening. Oh, 
Yeah. Oh, here's what I would do, dude. I would really keep up hard on the app of whatever their airline is and just yeah, see yeah, yeah. where things are. Yeah, I've been locked in so far. Everything I've checked is still on time. Okay, good. All things, all, all things considered. So fingers crossed, man. Yep, yeah, fingers crossed. All right. Good luck. Good luck with everything. And uh we'll we'll chat tomorrow, man. We're looking forward to it. Everybody have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll see you guys manana. Thanks. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.